Hi, this is Scott Bakula, and you're listening to Trek Mate. We are Trek Mate. Lower your iPod at some radial time. Your enthusiasm and passion on Star Trek will be added to our own. Resistance is futile. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Trek Mate podcast. Its continuing mission to entertain, enlighten, educate, and talk all things Trek. To boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack all hands battle stations. Don't worry, we will get to the bottom of this. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome to Trekmate. My name's Mark Stamper. And my name's Paul Drinkwater. And this week, due to uh, scheduling conflicts, uh, there will be no Wayne, unfortunately, this week. So you will have to put up with the drivel and bollocks from Paul and I. But we do have a very special guest coming up uh, for our topic of the week. Coming up very soon, so look forward to that. How are you, Paul? I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well indeed. How are you? Did you enjoy Uh, your Christmas and New Year and everything? It's our uh, first show. then. Yeah, yeah, I haven't spoken to you for a little while, so yeah, Christmas was, um, well, Christmas Day and Boxing Day was busy, I would say, um, having 10 people here on on Christmas Day and doing a lot of the cooking um, was was pretty busy, but it was good fun, it was good fun, um, Boxing Day we had 15 people here, I did less of the cooking. Wow, um, 15 people. Yeah, I know, it's quite mad. And then on Boxing Day I was putting my son's, his Wembley together, it was like a Lego thing, and it just oh, took... Lovely. I didn't do that all on Boxing Day, I have to admit, it took about 10 hours in total to put this thing together, but it does look really cool, so, yeah, it was quite a busy Christmas Day and Boxing Day, the rest was a little bit more chilled out, but it was good fun, it was good fun, what about you? It was alright, it was always going to be a little bit of a non-event Christmas this year at my house, because my nan was always quite a big part of it, because we yeah. lost her earlier on in the year, Yeah. Um, so it, it was it was nice, you know, we all came together, my mum was a little bit down, so New Year was the... Was the, the the highlight of the, of the whole thing because it was because that's when we get um, lots of friends of my mum and dad's around and my sister was there and everything it was lovely. Um, oh, that's good. But I've uh, I'm doing Christmas next year and I'm going to do a big traditional Christmas at my house. So uh, I'm going to completely take everything out of the living room, do it all up really nicely, and uh, we're having roast goose and all the trimmings and stuffed goose neck and oh, it's going to be lovely. Oh, you're planning it already then. Yeah, I'm already planning it all. I'm already planning it all because uh, I, I want it to look like one of those old Charles Dickens Christmas sort of scenes. Oh, that would look awesome. And uh, it's going to be like fantastic. first year ever that uh, my mum, what I'm going to do is I just want my mum and dad to have chilled out time so they don't have to do anything. Yeah. So I'll take them down and I'm going to do all the cooking and I'm going to fucking love it. I like that sort of stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like cooking as well. I mean, I was saying I was cooking on... Christmas Day, but I really enjoyed it doing the turkey yeah. and getting everything prepped. And um, yeah. I actually, enjoy, I'm, I'm I'm a pretty good cook, and I do a lot of the cooking in the house, especially with something that you know, if, 
If you just want fish fingers and chips, you can just bung it in the oven. But if there's anything that needs preparing, it's like, no, I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that. No, you get out my kitchen because yeah, I'm preparing can. stuff. Because the, the other yeah. day I made chicken cacciatore. And it's not that difficult to do, but, you know, it's it's prepping the chicken and the mushrooms and yeah. olives and, you know, peppers and doing all that stuff. It's like, no, get out my kitchen. I'm cooking. Yeah. So I, I actually enjoy it. It's, it's a lot of work, but I enjoy the cooking and I enjoy the eating as well. So. The eating's brilliant. That's the best bit I love about it. So did you get any Trek-related presents? Well, because obviously my birthday is really, really close to Christmas, so uh, my birthday was the 21st of December, but I did get oh, some... Oh, birthday! Thank you. <laughs> I, did, I did get some pretty good I've presents, so... Weeks, so I think I probably missed that. Yeah, you, you you did actually when when we recorded. So it has been a, a little while since we've spoken. So yeah, for my birthday I got season one and two of TNG on Blu-ray. Very nice, very nice. And I also that got the <laughs> it, yeah, they're they're really good. And I got the unauthorized history of Trek by uh, Bob Greenberger, the book. Got that nice. off my sister-in-law, which was nice. And then for Christmas. What did I get for Christmas? I got the... I did tweet a picture of this when I got it, but it was the Trek Geek t-shirt. So it's a fairly basic t-shirt. I forgot t-shirt. that. You got know, that. before you the, tweet that, I brought it immediately, and it turned up two days later. Yeah, the Starfleet symbol with Geek on it. I had seen yeah, it on Amazon. That. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? I think it is absolutely brilliant. It's one of my favourite t-shirts, because yeah. black and white are my best colours on me, and I love it. They are awesome. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you for that. That's all right. That's all right. I'd seen it on Amazon uh, a few months ago, and I put it on my wish list. It was like, yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. And I did see someone wearing it at Star Trek London. Um, in fact, I think I probably saw a couple of people. <coughs> thought, oh, that's really, really cool, because it was, it was fairly inexpensive. And yeah. My sister-in-law was looking for something to buy me for my birth- birthday, and I says, oh, that'll do. Just get that off my wish list. So, well, do you uh, know, I saw a girl in Curry's the other day, and she was walking down the stairs, and she had a geek T-shirt on, exactly the same, but just didn't have the Trek logo. And okay, like, yeah, I've oh, seen those. Yeah, the generic geek. Yeah, gen- <laughs> gen- generic geek. Well, at least you know it's geek pride. So uh, yeah, I have worn it, and I do love it. Actually, it's nice and comfy, and uh, yeah, it lets you show your uh, your true colours, doesn't it? I wore it down the pub. Excellent, excellent. So, so what about you? Did you get any? Did you have a merry oh, Trekmas and get some cool yeah, stuff? God, I was really spoiled this year. I couldn't believe it. I got, um, I got, well, in general wise, I got, I got a few bits of Star Trek stuff. My sister got me some Spock cufflinks, the live the, the fingers, the live long and prosper sign. Oh, cool! Um, which are very nice, nice as silver. Um, I got the Star Trek cookbook. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Neelix on the front. Yeah. Uh, well, so I got the Star Trek bathrobe. Oh yes. So I, the blue Paul. one, science one. I think it's the same as Paul Finch's. Yeah, Paul Finch got one for his yeah. birthday because his birthday was earlier in December <laughs> as well. So yeah. I treated myself. Um, it was well. I, I got it a little while ago, but um, I treated myself as a Trekkie Christmas present. I got myself the um, uh, Star Trek 25th uh, Next Generation 25th Anniversary Pez Dispenser Kit. Okay, I did see those. I did see the circulating on Twitter, and I did. I did think of Wayne specifically, <laughs> but I did think of you as well when I saw those. <laughs> yeah, um, I think off the top of my head, that was all of my Trek stuff. But I was very pleased with it. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad though, is it? But all of that was from, well, I got the cookbook from my mum and I got the bathrobe and the uh, cufflinks from my sister, so. Oh, that's a good result, isn't it? Some some nice little uh, little gift. I've got a massive remote control helicopter that's like nearly as long as my laptop that's got a a HD camera built into the front of it. Oh, wow. That's superb. And it charges from the mains and it flies for about 20 minutes. I love it. Oh, my, my son got a smaller one of those uh, for his birthday, oh, which was the end of November. It was a little one which charges via USB. Yeah, that's uh, 
I've got can, a little one. Yeah, yeah, you can fly it around the room and it lasts for about... I mean, the charge isn't brilliant, but then again, it requires a huge amount of energy to fly. But you can fly yeah. it around the room for about 15 minutes and then you just charge it up again. It's wicked. I know. I got a little Chinook last year and uh, I got a bigger normal helicopter this year. So I think next year I'm going to... I might upgrade and get a petrol one. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I've, 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 I have played with my son's... Uh, I'll have to tweet a, a video of it or something. Yeah, but having a little HD camera on it, I mean, you could, you know... I'll tell you what, it's got a... Film it's got, its adventures, that's awesome. It's brilliant because it's got a little uh, thing on the bottom of it, and there's a micro uh, SD card slot on the back, and you just take the memory card out, You print, it's got two buttons on the remote, one can take a picture, and the other one will film. Yeah. It's flash yellow at the bottom if it's doing pictures, and red at the bottom if it's filming. And um, I've, I've, you, know, you just take it out, put it in the computer, and it just got, it's just got all the video files on there, and it's got... A, it, the memory card that came with it was a gigabyte, so it just records for ages, and the quality is fantastic. Excellent. Oh, that sounds really cool, but you have a lot of fun with that, can't you? I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Apart from when I was uh, flying it in the living room the other day, and uh, a slight draft came through from somewhere, and it started heading towards the new telly. Ah, yes. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's when I just I thought, right, it's either going to go into the telly, or I'm going to have to turn it off and just let it crash onto the mantelpiece, so... Yeah, I've, I've done that with my sons, and it's like, well, it's a little bit shaky because they're not that difficult. Yeah, they're not that easy, sorry, to control, are they? So they're they're swinging about <laughs> the place, and it's like, whoa, 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 I'm gonna not, say, I'm gonna kill something here. I've got to say, out of all the helicopters I've had, the Chinook, I've got a mini Chinook. That is so easy to fly because yeah, two, well, it's got yeah, it's got two blades, hasn't it? This so it's, one yeah. is the most stable, yeah. um, normal helicopter I've ever had. Because I can get it up, and it's got a big display on the remote that gives you the, the your power control and everything. And if I usually leave it around sort of 85, 86 percent power, and it will just stay there. If there's no wind at all, and there's no cross drafts coming from upstairs or anything, it will just sit there. And it's oh, it's brilliant. I love it. Oh, cool. <laughs> that, that does sound good. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, obviously uh, we're into the new year now. So a big happy new year to all of the listeners. Yes, Happy New Year! Happy New Year, 2013. Um, so we're into our uh, second year of our second full year of po- our third full year, I should say, of podcasting. Yeah, we started well, we, in we uh, just late 2011. We were there for a couple of months. <laughs> yeah, late in 2011 and uh, new into uh, 2013. So it's interesting to note, though, Paul, the day this podcast will be released will be the seventh. No, it will be the sixth. Sorry. Yep. Interesting to note that on the 7th of January, which will be the Monday, that will be the one-year anniversary of my first appearance on Trekmate. Really? Yeah, yeah. So that was a, a week after New Year, and I was the first oh. guest to appear on Trekmate. So, so what, 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 a year ago. The day after the podcast was released. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's my one-year one-year anniversary. I remember sitting. I'm sitting in my bedroom at the moment recording, and I remember sitting on that Sunday afternoon, coming upstairs with a laptop, saying to the wife. I won't be long. I'll only be an hour or so. And uh, coming up and recording with you two guys, and then uh, three and a half hours later coming down, going, "Well, that took a bit longer than I thought." <laughs> but, uh, from Kirsty. Yeah, and then I think um, after that, she sort of got used to be to me saying, "Oh, I won't be long. I'll only be an hour." She's like, "Yeah, bollocks." Yeah, yeah. But, so uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a year. It's been a year already, which is. Oh, well, happy anniversary tomorrow then. Thank you. Thank you. Which will be tomorrow when this podcast is released. Anyway. Yes, it will. It will. So, after that little catch-up, I think we should head on over to the news. Now it's time for Star Trek news, brought to you by TrekMateFamily.com. 
TrekmateFamily.com, bringing you the latest Trek news as and when it happens. Yes, and it is time again for the news. And as the bumper has uh, told you there, make sure that you head on over to our website at TrekmateFamily.com. It is fast becoming your only place for Star Trek news. I don't even bother now to uh, to go on to any of the uh, any of the other Star Trek news sites. There's no point. Just go to our website, TrekmateFamily.com. Have a look. All of the latest news is there. On Twitter. You what? Sorry. I said I don't even have to look anywhere. It just comes up on Twitter now, and I just go, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If, obviously, if you follow Trackmate News on on Twitter as well, you can just all of the latest stories get uh, tweeted out there, and you can just go along and find out. And I, I actually found out today there was the. Did you see the story about the? I have actually seen this before. There was the Star Trek Visual Dictionary. It's coming out. No. So it's a well. Have a look on the website. Have a look now. So there's the um, the Visual Dictionary, which I've seen these for Star Wars as well. So it's a very. It is a much. You know, very much a picture book, but it has loads of um, you know, oh, cool right, stuff right. in it, and that's coming out in March, and it's only about twelve quid on Amazon, so I've already pre-ordered it. That's not bad. So, so there was an updated news story today, so I was like, oh yeah, okay, I got, I got some Amazon vouchers for Christmas, so I've got about twenty-five quid's worth of uh, credit on Amazon at the moment. So I was like, yeah, okay, job done, I'll have that because uh, you can, if you pre-order, you can secure the price because some of these things do rocket up in price a little bit as they get yeah. close. So. I've already pre-ordered and secured my price for that. I'll tell you what I did. I misread the title, and it said Star Trek The Next Generation on board the USS Enterprise NCC once. Oh, that, that's a separate story. Is it? Yeah, it's that's a separate one. That's another book with a with an interactive 3D CD-ROM. Oh, I thought that was it. That says Next Generation board game. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I did think that. Star Trek The Visual Dictionary. I, I, I don't know how I missed that. It's a massive bloody letter. But that looks really cool. But that that one with the um, I was thinking about pre-ordering that as well because that's only about twelve quid. So there's a book with uh, you know loads of details from the Okudas, and there's a CD one where you've got this 3D interactive uh, journey around the Enterprise D, which for about twelve quid I might well buy that as well. To be honest, it comes out around about the same time, sometime in early March. So uh, yeah, have a look at that. So twelve pound here, twelve pound there. You know, it's only a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not not ridiculous money. So uh, well worth checking out. But anyway, on to the news. So today, as we record this, it's January the 3rd, and today is the 20th anniversary of the premiere of Deep Space Nine in the US. I'm not sure when it started here in the UK, actually, probably fairly shortly thereafter, but probably only on Sky, but 20, yeah. 20 years of Deep Space Nine. Wow. That means I was eight. That's I, what I, I can't remember. Yeah, I was 18. So, yeah, that's yep. what I, I was thinking earlier. Why can't I remember when Deep Space Nine first came out? That's ridiculous. Now I know why. Yeah, because you were a little kid. Yeah. Well, yeah, well but I do remember. The I eight years old, but I have trouble remembering what I did yesterday. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah, we have got some a lot more on Deep Space Nine coming up later with an email and uh, with our topics. So uh, look look forward to that. So is there is there any other news out there, Paul? Yes, well, you know that, uh, I don't know if you do, recently um, a, a young child's got um, terminal cancer. Yes. And uh, they wanted to see if they could see, because he's not going to make, um, they don't think he's going to make when the uh, new Star Trek film comes out. Yes. And, um, and they'd asked if they could go and see it, and they managed to get a yes. Well, I've got an update on the uh, on this story. And it says, um, the Star Trek fan, fan that was diagnosed with terminal cancer and his dying wish 
was to see Star Trek Into Darkness um, has come true. Uh, the powers that be at Paramount and Bad Robot granted the Star Trek fan a showing of the film over the Christmas holidays. Wow. Um, the friend who posted the original post on Reddit added a new post two days ago which read um, from his wife. Hi everyone, it's Daniel's wife. We are of course sworn to secrecy, but we are officially allowed to say we saw it and we enjoyed it immensely as a film and as a gesture. However, Daniel hates being an inspiring cancer story. We, his friends and loved ones, would prefer for the update to have a more heartfelt message of giving, especially during this season. This is a story of us giving something to him, the internet community giving something to him, and ultimately being a heartwarming gift to our friends, family, and so many others. The story of us, and of course, J.J. Abrams and Bad Robot, being able to give this surprise um, gift of a screening to a huge movie buff like Daniel, especially a film made by a filmmaker who obviously makes movies with such care, with a fan like Daniel in mind, and a person like me who knows slightly less about these things. Um, also, it was truly amazing that a filmmaker so secretive as J.J. Abrams was kind enough to show this to us. It's also so wonderful for his friends and his family to finally hear some good news from us. They know how important the film is to Daniel and could not think of a better way to please him. So this gesture really has brought a lot of smiles all round. It was a wonderful thing to see Daniel with a, um, and a wonderful thing to see Daniel enjoy. Making someone as ill as he is smile for any length of time really makes a difference. And at this point, making me smile is good too. This is also so poignant and as J.J. Abrams took so much care in the first Star Trek movie to try uh, to at least try to get everything right for the fans. And we were so touched uh, when he was concerned that we wouldn't 100% enjoy the screening as it's still being worked on. Yeah. Be assured we enjoyed it 110%. We are so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that's an amazing story, isn't it? Oh, that's lovely. I really do. And as I said, considering he has been so secretive about the film, and not letting anything slip anywhere, and only giving like 0.7 of a second clip, and uh, and things like that, to actually grant that for, for a small chap to to um go and see for for a thing. Oh, that's lovely. I know. I think that's that's a really nice story. So as, as he said, it's still being worked on. So yeah. obviously they they haven't 100% finalised everything, but he's one that's of the very few people who's actually been treated to. Uh, to seeing that so I mean yeah. that's, that's a nice touching little story and it all comes down to the internet as well because um, I know this lady posted this story on Reddit yeah. and it spread virally across the internet and within a matter of days it had obviously got in front of J.J. Abrams and, and Bad Robot and they said yep yeah, I'm going to do that so a, a nice a nice story for the uh, for the power of the internet yeah that's really I mean he's 38 years old isn't he yeah I know it's, uh, it's no age he's the same age as me yeah, and um, I'm a, a leukemia, I think it was. But I think that's that's great, absolutely brilliant. I, and I think that's in the, the the real nature of Star Trek. Definitely. Well done, JJ Abrams. You've gone up yeah. a lot in my estimations uh, following that. Yeah, well done. Okay, I've got another little story here, so I'm only going to cover this quite briefly because it is generally a little bit of uh, news for the holodeck, so our uh, comic dedicated podcast. But Coming out very soon is the Star Trek Countdown to Darkness <coughs> comics, which obviously lead up to the um, lead up to the new movie. So this new story reads: The countdown to the motion picture event of 2013 begins here, in this blockbuster four-issue prequel miniseries that sets the stage for the upcoming Star Trek film. Like the bestseller Star Trek Countdown in 2009, this all-new series leads directly into the next movie <coughs> with a story by Star Trek writer-producer Roberta Orsi and Mike Johnson and drawn by the original Star Trek countdown artist, David Messina. 
so obviously this is going this is going to lead into the new movie. So I'm I'm wondering, you know, I'm not a big comic fan. I know Michael and I, I I know Mike and and Wayne are. So I'm just wondering if they're going to let some subtle clues out in these in these. And I'm sure that those guys are going to be reviewing them very soon. So uh, if you're not already listening to the holodeck, then uh, do give it a listen. And uh, there might be a few there might be a few little clues there. Are we going to miss anything if we don't read the comics? That's what I'm worried about. Probably not. Probably not. I think there's probably just some small subtle clues in there. Yeah, I'd rather not have subtle clues. Although I did watch the first nine minutes. Yes, well, Wayne and I real-time reviewed that on the last show. And yeah, yeah, I watched the first nine minutes. And what did you think? What did you think of that? I um, <laughs> I forgot I was watching a preview. <laughs> I, I was actually... I About three minutes into it, sat back and thought I was watching the actual film and, and was really pissed off when it finished. Yeah. As I knew I would be. As I said, when I think we, we first said about it, I said, why would you want to... It's like watching a porno and turning it off just so you're about to get to your happy place. Exactly. So, and, um, but, what, but what overall did you think? I think it looked good. I think, I think it, looked, it did look promising. Um, I don't understand why um, the Enterprise was underwater, though. No, that whole thing is, is to me, is... Yeah, it's a bit I'm, silly. They they they're going to need to explain that a little bit more. Um, you know, even if it is just a case of they put it underwater at the beginning, because there's another scene later on where it's underwater, and they want you to understand that it can go underwater. Yeah, I'm um, I'm not sure because if that was a primitive pre-warp civilization, they could have just hidden the ship in orbit. They wouldn't have known it was there. They didn't need to be underwater. I think it's a little bit of a contrivance for the sake of plot. So. I'm and sort of willing to forgive it. That the old walking themselves don't like the salt water. I was like, well, what are you doing down there anyway? Exactly, yeah. Walking themselves aren't meant to be in salt water, they're meant to be in space. And it <laughs> is a little bit like in the 2009 movie where they were building the ship on a planet. You don't build, yeah. a, you don't build a starship on a planet. That's ridiculous because you've then got to get the thing into orbit. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a little bit of a contrivance. But, you know, I'm willing to reserve judgment. And if, you know, I'm, I'm willing to forgive it because the rest of it did look really, really good. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, you know, I was like, oh my God, Spock's about to die and, and all that. Was going, oh. I mean, yeah, two cliffhangers at the end of that nine minutes, wasn't there? So the, the one cliffhanger was, I mean, you only saw Benedict Cumberbatch for about two seconds and you heard yeah, his voice. Yeah, what the hell was he doing? I can save her. Yes, I can save her. That was pretty much it. It does make me think he's going to be calm. Yeah, I'm, I'm still undecided on that. I am still undecided. Of course, the, other, the other cliffhanger was, of course, um, with Spock dying, and there was the whole thing in the trailer where Pike was talking to Kirk and saying, you know, you're reckless, etc., etc. So I, I reckon what's going to happen is prediction, prediction alert. I reckon he's obviously going to violate the Prime Directive. He's going to take the ship out of the ocean. That's the bit where he's signing. He's going to fly over. He's going to beam Spock out. Yeah. He is going to he's, he is going to expose the ship to these primitive aliens. Primitive so he is, he is going to violate the prime directive, but he does it to save Spock, and that's where that whole you know you're reckless, um, you're going to get the rest of your crew killed. I reckon that's where that whole speech comes from. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. Uh, yeah, I, th I think that's a fairly safe bet. Yeah, I'd, I think I'd go along with you on that one. I think that sounds uh, more or less the uh, the real explanation that I can find. I mean, based on that, that's exactly what yeah. I would do with the story. Yeah, because you know Spock's not going to die. They're not going to... Well, I don't know. He might. No, they're not going to kill him off. Yeah. No, no way. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But as I said, I'm just disappointed now because I'm now left thinking, right, well, when the film does come out, 
the first nine minutes, I'm going to already have seen. So I'm going to be like, fucking hurry up, get up past it. Hurry up, hurry up, get on to minute ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you fast forward it, please? Yes. <laughs> but no, of course, I mean, it, it, it'll be excellent to see it. And uh, of course, as soon as the Blu-ray comes out, you'll be buying that, won't you? I know I will. Yeah, no, I'll be buying Are they filming it in 3D, do you know? Oh, yeah, it's all in 3D, yeah. Oh, I'll be getting it on 3D Blu-ray and uh, and I'll be having a night in. With a oh, yeah, yeah. I don't have a 3D telly, so... But yeah, I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy the standard 2D uh, Blu-ray. Yeah. No, I'll be there with a box of Kleenex and, uh, <laughs> and my uh, 3D glasses. Awesome, awesome. Okay, have we got any more news there, Paul? Yes, yes. Star Trek Pinball's been released for uh, iOS and Android. Ooh. Now, this looks superb. It really does. Check it out on the on our uh, on our website on the news feed because there's a uh, a YouTube video that you can watch of how that game actually plays. Now it's uh, it says available now for the pinball arcade is the digital version of the classic Star Trek: The Next Generation pinball machine. Now this actually used to be a proper pinball machine, didn't it? It did, yeah. And um, I've I've never actually seen one in real <coughs> life, but I've seen various pictures and videos yeah. on the internet. It was a real, you know, when, physical was, thing. Yeah, because when I was watching the um, the video on YouTube. They actually had their wolf's voice on there saying stuff and other people's voices. So um, I presume they recorded them at some point. Um, but it says this game, pinball game was originally designed by Steve Ritchie and released in November 1993 by Williams Electronics. Um, Farsight Studios recreated the original table into digital form. It features all the sounds and graphics from the game replicated to exact standards. Even the sound clips that have, uh, have that digital quality to them that was only available back in 1993. Awesome. It's uh, currently available on a variety of platforms from PlayStation. Oh, it's, oh, it's on PlayStation. Oh, I might have to buy that. Three, yeah, Xbox 360. What's a PlayStation Vita? Oh, it's the next PlayStation Portable. You know the PSP. Oh, it's right. the next one released with uh, touchscreen controls on. It hasn't sold that well. Apparently, uh, it's a really, you know, a really nice and advanced bit of kit, but not many people have bought them. I didn't even know they out. Yeah, yeah, that came out a few months ago, but like I said, they haven't sold too well. I didn't even know. I, didn't, I think, to be honest, handheld handheld consoles of of handheld consoles have suffered because mobile phones can play games so well. Why would you have a handheld console when you've got a mobile phone, a smartphone? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's also available on the Mac, iOS, and Android. Cool. And it looks fantastic. Oh, I think it's on PlayStation 3, so I think I might nip onto the store later. And so it's, it's probably only going to be a few quid, isn't it? So I think that's probably worth picking up. I wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect it to be more than a couple of quid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you got PlayStation 3, have you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm I'll, probably, I'll probably pay up to about a fiver for that. So. Uh, yeah, I'm an Xbox boy. I've, I've got the Windows phone, so I have an Xbox account on there, so I get Xbox achievements through my phone. Oh. Um, so I did consider getting an Xbox when I was. But you know, three years ago, and I got my PlayStation. But in the end, you know, I was looking at it going games. We, you know, to be honest, in terms of games, they're much of a muchness between the two. Do you know the only to reason? Honest, Fox was Halo. Okay, yeah, I mean, there were exclusives for one. There was Halo. There were exclusives for PlayStation, like Uncharted, which I really love. Um, but in the end, for me, it came down to Blu-ray. I was getting a new HD TV. PlayStation had a Blu-ray player built in. It was like that's what I went for. But to be honest, in terms of games. You could buy either, and you're not going to go far wrong, are you really? Yeah. First, I mean, if you look to my Xbox collection, it's Halo, Halo One, Halo Two, Halo Three, yes. Halo, yes. Halo Wars, uh, Halo Reach. <laughs> That's it. I've really, I've got a couple of other games, but I don't really play it that much. I just, 
I only play it very, very rarely. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I did actually get uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 for Christmas, and I have had a little bit of a chance to play well, it, but yeah. most of the time mine's used as a, a Blu-ray player in a media centre, to be honest. I don't get as much chance as I used to to, well, uh, to play games. Over the Christmas period, I've probably managed to get myself about halfway through the Halo game. Okay. Um, but I've sort of got to. I've got to a bit that's a little bit tricky now, so I've, I've put it down. I might pick it up again in a week, a couple of weeks or so. Yeah, yeah, I know what that's like. I know what that's. Yeah. Like. Okay, and we've got another little bit of news here, and that is, uh, it's just something uh, looking ahead to the future. So a look at 2013 uh, conventions and Blu-rays, etc. So, got a few news items coming up. So, this is quite exciting because this is just down the road for me. We've got the the SF Ball, which is the Fly oh, Ball. Celebrate the 20th anniversary of Deep Space Nine. So I'll just read the news story. The SF Ball is the biggest and best fan-run con in the UK. The event will take place on the 8th to the 10th of February 2013 at the Carrington House Hotel, Bournemouth. There's a little link on our website there where you can read the article. Now this is great because Bournemouth is just down the road from me, not very far at all. Guests include Armin Shimmerman, Max Gridenchik, Chase Masterson, Kitty Swink, which is Mrs. Armin Shimmerman, Lily Tafajo and Phil Ford. Was uh, Mrs. Armin Shimmerman in Deep Space Nine? Sorry? Was Mrs. Armin Shimmerman in Deep Space Nine? I don't think I don't think she ever was. Although she might actually have been in one episode now, I come to think. I have to look it up. I think she might have actually been a bit part character, but I'd have to check that. I would have to check that. But that, that looks quite exciting. And I, I know the, the SF Ball, this is all run as a charity event, so they yeah. raise money for, for teenage cancer. So that's, that's well worth heading along to. And... I can say that uh, members of the Trekmate family are planning to be there at the event, and it's great for me because it's literally just down the road. Uh, Bournemouth's not too far away from me at all. So lucky, lucky bastard. So uh, hopefully you you can expect some reports from several of us, and you can expect us to talk about this uh, particular event a lot more over the coming weeks. And okay, so there's another thing coming out this year. <coughs> Look forward to Star Trek Enterprise on Blu-ray. Enterprise is coming out on Blu-ray. It is indeed. For the first time, Star Trek Enterprise will be available to buy in glorious high definition. Enterprise was the only Star Trek series filmed in high definition definition 1080p resolution, which is obviously going to make the transition to Blu-ray really easy. Yeah, and it's going to be cracking quality. Absolutely, because it was filmed, and I think if you watched it on... Well, when when it was broadcast on Sky here, obviously you're going back about 9, 10 years or so. Yeah. High def didn't really exist, so it would have been in standard... Resolution, but they were forward-thinking enough to film it in HD. So I'm looking forward to re- uh, really, I'm looking forward to seeing that in that in high def. Oh my God! Can you imagine the scenes with T'Pol and Trip when she's rub, he's rubbing her and she's rubbing him? And yeah, and you see the shot of her ass and the the, oh. the, the, the scene where Hoshi falls out of the yes, yes, out of the, uh, the duck. Oh yeah, duct, and she's there with the the old hand bra on. So that that'll be quite interesting in HD. I know Adam in particular, as well as me, is very looking, uh, very much looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah, that's coming soon. So, and of course, we have further releases of TNG on Blu-ray. So we've had season one and season two. I reckon now it doesn't say in, in this article, but. I reckon we can easily fit three seasons of TNG on Blu-ray next year. Well, I think it would be rude not to, to be fair. I mean, three, four, and five. So it was July and then December. I think they're going to accelerate this. So uh, my prediction is season three around about April. Yeah. 
season four around about August, and then season five around about December or so. See, I think that that that'd be nice if they were those timescales because it, it kind of gives you enough time to either you know save a little bit of money up. Kind of. Yeah. I know they're probably not going to be too much, but it's nice to have, uh, you know, what with bills, the way things are and everything at the moment. Um, it's nice to have a little bit of time to get the old money back up again. Yeah, I've, I've actually got to watch my Blu-rays because I did watch, um, I, I jumped straight into season two. I watched the extended version of A Measure of a Man. You like that one, don't you? I do, I do like the episode anyway, but this had an extra 13 minutes or so of footage. Fantastic. Oh, that's right. I remember you spoke about that on the pod, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Fantastic. The extra footage. I mean, it's not groundbreaking, but, but it's it, nice. It gives it's it, nice. It really, depth. it does. It really fills out the episode quite nicely. So that was well worth watching. And I also watched Q Who as well because I really like that episode. Yeah. Other than that, I've watched Encounter at Farpoint and The Naked Now. That's as far as I've gone. So uh, I am going to do a rewatch. I am going to start from the beginning, even though a lot of the Season one episodes in, in TNG are pretty ropey. I am going to go through and I am going to watch them all. And that does include Matt Hansen. I am going to watch Justice for the last time, just to see it in HD. And then I will never watch that it. That one you don't like? Oh, it's crap. You know that one with the the, the flower beds and you know they, they go down to that planet and the people are running around in little bikinis and mankinis and. Oh, I think I think that was. Oh, it's crap. It's terrible. It's terrible. But uh, anyway, other stuff coming up in 2013. Well, we have spoken about this, but the Star Trek Visual Dictionary, that's coming up soon. And we do have the, the Star Trek game as well. So the Namco Bandai Star Trek game is coming out uh, in the 23rd of April in the US and the 26th of April in Europe. And I think that's going to be on PlayStation, Xbox, PC, all of the usual stuff. And you know, the trailers for that look really good. I don't, I don't think it's not, it's not related to Into Darkness at all, so there's a completely different... Um, storyline for that game, but it does look quite good. Yeah. It does look quite good. And of course, 2013 is... What year is it, Paul? 2013. Yes. New Star Trek movie. Oh, yes! Yes! It's coming out this year! Into Darkness on the May the 17th. That is, of course, the big Star Trek event of this year. Oh, I can't wait for that. That really is going to be a uh, a pre-booked cinema ticket and um, yeah, for a couple of days... I think I might go and see. I might might just camp out at the cinema and just go and see it several times. I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm. I'm oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm just hoping something managed to get a pirate copy of it. Oh, that'll yeah. happen. Like before it's meant to be out. <laughs> oh, I don't know about before it's out, but um, I'm sure as soon as it's released, you'll be able to download a cam copy. Yeah. yeah so, no, I, I don't so do cam copies. I'd much rather. I'd much rather just um, get my 3D Blu-ray. Yes, I'm sure that I'm sure that'll be out really, really quickly as well. You know, they are quite quick with. You know, I remember it used to be years after a movie was released before you could get it on VHS or or whatever. But now it, they really are quick with these things. So I reckon, okay, May, mid May is the movie. I reckon by the, I reckon by end of August it'll be on on Blu-ray. Oh, that's gonna be an awesome one. That is. That's gonna be my. Uh, that's gonna be pre-ordered on. Uh, on Amazon well in advance, that one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Same for me. Yes, yes. I have uh, I've got a little bit of an interesting story here. Um, another thing that's uh, going to be quite exciting this year, hopefully. Um, as we all know, last year we had Destination Star Trek London. Did we? Yeah. I've forgotten all about that. No. I know. I just slipped by. I, I, you know, I, I knew there was something that happened. I just couldn't quite... Um... 
Mm. <laughs> um, but it says here, uh, Destination Star Trek London went supernova this past fall, with tens of thousands of Star Trek fans beaming down for the gathering, the highlight of which was the first ever international joint appearance by William Shatner, Patrick Stewart, Avery Brooks, Kate Mulgrew and Scott Bakula. Uh, they say it's too early to serve up any specifics, but a few surprises are in works for overseas fans in 2013. Could this be a new Star Trek London convention? Well, let's hope so. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not being funny. I do hope they keep it in the UK. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't, I don't want to have to travel. I mean, outside of the US, the UK is probably the biggest market. It's very popular in Germany. Germany is a huge market as well. Yeah, I mean, because it's English-speaking, I'm hoping they do keep it in the UK. Would I travel to Germany? Well, if I had the money, I probably would. To be honest, I, I don't think I would. I, I, if it was, if it's anywhere but the UK, I'm just not going to be able to. Mm. Well, we'll see. But see, I, I, I mean, I'm hoping that obviously there was a petition that's up on our website, and it is still there. And we have a, quite a, a number of signatures there, and we have forwarded the details of the signatures on to Showmasters and the people behind Star Trek London. Just let people know that you know we do want another one. So, okay, they've said, you know, too early for any specifics, but there's a little hint there that potentially we have something coming up. So that's exciting stuff. Yes, very exciting. I, I, I would like there to be another one. I really enjoyed the last Oh, it was awesome, wasn't it? It was a fantastic event. I mean, you know, not only having the photo shoots, going to talks, and but just meeting up with everyone for the first time and, you know, yeah. getting pissed at the parties and taking photos of Orion's slave girls' asses, uh, which, might, which might have been me. Yeah, yeah, it was you. It was me. <laughs> Good job. Doing, yeah, it was you. It was me. Doing all of that sort of stuff was just so much fun. It was it was fantastic. So we definitely want to do it again this year. Yes. And then ending up in the VIP area somehow with free alcohol and stars. And, oh. Yeah, you did manage to wangle that, didn't you? You just sort of stumbled your way in and you got away with it. So all credit to you. I was steaming drunk. I have no idea how I did that. I bet you if I was sober, I would have never got in. I would have been like, oh, uh, hello, uh, 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 no, out. Yeah. It's because I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, mate. Just look confident and just like, you know, you could just wander in there. What do you mean? Do you know who I am? Yeah. Well, you didn't know who the bloody stars were. Yeah, exactly. You just have you any idea who I am? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Well, I'm, I've I'm come all the, the way from America to be here. Yeah. I'm one of the big stars of Star Trek. Let me in. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was the high priestess of the Ferengi. Yes. <laughs> that would be funny because you're Hello. very tall, seeing a really a six foot four Ferengi. That would be cool. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's it for the news. So let's head on over here. Enterprise, Lieutenant Uhura here. Time for emails. Yes, and hailing frequencies are open. Now, I did send out a little uh, tweet. I will reveal that our topic... I'll, we're, not, we're not quite there yet, but our, our topic of the week is Deep Space Nine in uh, in line with our news story earlier. And I did send out a tweet asking for a little bit of feedback, and we have an email here. Marvellous. This is from uh, Darren73, who is our... Hi, Darren. Hi, Darren. So he's our long-time... He's been a long-time listener. Oh, he loved, loved us long time. He has loved us long time, and he has, uh, he has loved us long time on the forum and on Twitter as well. So Darren says, I first saw Deep Space Nine at the video shop that I was working in at the time. 
we had to play videos on the screens in the shop to promote the latest films. I, of course, put on the DS9 videos as soon as we got them in to rent. I also made sure that the video boxes on the shelves were at eye level to draw more attention to them. I was doing my bit to promote Trek. Good man. Good man. And I do have a little video a video shop story coming up when we talk about the topic, but more on that later. Uh, Darren says, DS9 is one of my favourite Star Trek series. It started off strongly with Emissary, and apart from a few clunkers, uh, Alan Moraine, anyone, it had a far better first series That's than TNG. Shit. Yes. Alan Moraine is shite. Um, oh, that's gonna be in my head all day now. Yes, um, but he, you know, it did have a far better first series than TNG, and he's absolutely correct because, you know, I think a lot of people, and me included, look back at TNG through rose-tinted spectacles. But if you look at the first series, it is pretty awful. I mean, I did, buy, I did get it on Blu-ray, you know, just for completeness because I do love this, the series. But you look at a lot of the episodes, and they are awful. But you know, uh, only five years later, DS9 did a, a far better job of their first series. I mean, compared to season 5, 6, and 7, it's nothing, but it, it's a pretty good first season. Anyway, it says, Then, as the writers got used to the characters and the actors grew into the roles, the series just got better and better and had some outstanding episodes with exceptional writing and acting and some superb guests like Frank Langella and Louise Fletcher. Louise Fletcher was fantastic. Who was Frank Langella? I'm not sure who Frank Langella is. I'll actually have to have a look. But Louise yeah. Fletcher was, of course, Kai Wynn. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, she, she was an evil bitch. Oh yeah, she, but she was fantastic. It was so yeah, well acted. Good, at it, yeah. Uh, she was absolutely brilliant, absolutely fantastic. So uh, loved her performance in that as well. So she was a semi-regular character, but DS9 was was really the show of the semi-regular regular characters. There were so many. There was Garrick. Um, I mean, Cork was considered a semi-regular character, although I'd consider him main cast to be honest. Oh, there there were oh, so many. There were so many in there that they were just awesome. And uh, Darren says, my favourite episodes are Little Green Men, particular favourite of mine, In the Pale Moonlight, yeah. In the oh. Pale Moonlight, which is amazing. Yeah. It says Captive Pursuit, which I do like, but that's that's a fairly unusual choice. I do like the episode, but that's a fairly unusual choice. I'm pretty sure that's from fairly early in season one where Tosk comes on board. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, I reviewed that the other day on The Wilderness. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's um, I I do like the episode actually, but that's a fairly unusual choice for a, it's a good choice, but it's not one of the most obvious ones for a favourite episode. So yeah, it's a good choice. Oh, it starts uh, sticking up for him and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I do like it though. It is a really strong uh, strong episode. Uh, it, another one of his favourites is Past Tense. So there's oh, that's a two-parter where uh, Cisco goes back to sort of twenty twenty-five or so, and he takes the place of Gabriel Bell and the Bell Whites. Good episodes. Yeah, they've got a couple of good times for a time travel episode. Yeah, definitely. And his other favourite episode is one of, again, one of my particular favourites and does split a lot of people, but I love it, and that's Far Beyond the Stars. That's the um, I, that's the one where he thinks he's mad, isn't it? And he's he's actually a, a story writer or something. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a science fiction author. In the I film. love that episode. I that's think that episode fantastic. is amazing. I think it is. I brilliant. really really enjoyed that and you know I must say it took me a couple of seconds on a few of the characters I think it more than likely was Quark's one the main one yeah. that, that it took me a while to work out who they were yeah I mean it's brilliant you've got Wayoon you've got Golden Cat you've got Quark um, it's 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 an absolutely fantastic episode and I, I always enjoy it I never tire of watching it I have to be in the right mood for it Yeah. I always see something new and I enjoy it every time so 
you know, that's definitely one of my fa that and in the pale moonlight is one of my favourites. Uh, another one I really enjoy is the wire from season two, where we find out that where Garrick had the implant. Oh yeah, that was that was one of my desert island trek choices because I'm a big fan of Garrick, and I just really love you know his performance in that. You know when he's going mad and you find out that he had this implant and he's had it turned up full volume in his head, you know to suppress the pain. So you basically become addicted to the chemicals that this thing was giving. Wonderful performance from Andrew Robinson. So I love that episode. But yeah, so a really good choice there, uh, Darren, with Far Beyond the Stars. He says Avery Brooks' performance in that episode moves me to tears every time, except when it's on the "It's a Fake" YouTube video. And I know the one he's talking about. We've all seen the "It's real, it's a fake, it's real, it's, it's a, a fake" YouTube video. We've all seen that, and I, I know what he means by that. He says, I was a little let down by the ending where Cisco went off to be a god. I think I would rather have had him not leave Cassidy and his family behind. I'd agree with that. I love Deep Space Nine, but the ending, it did disappoint me. I think they could have ended that so much better. It just seemed to tie itself up very neatly and very quickly. A little too quickly and neatly for my liking, I think. Yeah. yeah. He says, anyway, sorry for rambling, but I love DS9. I had to say something. Well, no, not at all, Darren. We... Uh, do really appreciate uh, your thoughts on DS9 and there's going to be a little bit more on that coming up very, very soon. Lovely job. And that's from Darren, who is Darren73 on Twitter and the forums. So do remember that you can uh, go onto the forum and uh, leave feedback on episodes. Every time we publish a podcast we we have a little uh, a little post on there for so you can leave feedback on each of the episodes. So head on over to forum.trekmatefamily.com and give us some feedback. Just while we're talking about the forum, just for a future uh, Trekmate topic, I have posted a little thread on there about your Star Trek nitpicks and your favourite pet peeves. Somebody put on there, I read that as Star Trek nipples. Oh, I think that was Adam, wasn't it? That yeah. was, I posted that and Adam said, yeah, Star Trek nipples. Yeah, well, that's that's Adam again for you, isn't it? Shame on you, Adam. But yeah, if you'd like to tell us what your favourite uh Star Trek nitpicks and pet peeves are then head on over to the forum and, uh, and post a comment and we'll be uh, talking about that in uh, on an episode in the next couple of weeks okay so hailing frequencies on our closed and that means it's time for our topic of the week top, 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 topic of the week and now it's time for the topic of the week on the Trekmate podcast Yes, and it is time for the topic of the week, and as we alluded to earlier, it is going to be about Deep Space Nine, because obviously Deep Space Nine is now 20 years old, and as I did say earlier, we do have a special guest, and our special guest this week is my wife, Kirsty. Hello, Kirsty. Hello, I wouldn't quite say I was special, but hello. You are a special guest, because <laughs> this is your second podcast. And, it uh, is. I'm no longer a Star Trek virgin. No, you're no longer, <laughs> no, no longer a podcast virgin. No. <laughs> okay, so welcome, welcome to the show again, Kirsty. Uh, it was great okay. last time you were on, and people really enjoyed your last appearance. So uh, it, it's good to have you back on. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. So we are going to talk about Deep Space Nine. And yes. This is a good show. It's a, it's a fantastic, it's it's a fantastic series. Now, Kirsty, Deep Space Nine. Yeah. Is this your favourite show? Would you it say my, it is my favourite show? Yes. That's interesting. So. Why is it why is it your favorite show do you think? Um 
I think it's because um, with Deep Space Nine, it kind of picks up where it, where it's left off um, with um, uh, the Next Generation um, and Voyager. Although the um, characters are, are still the same, there's always a very very different story. And although yeah. although there is a very different story on Deep Space Nine, but it kind of leads on. It's a bit like um, you know, it's a bit like an EastEnders or a Coronation. Yeah. Sorry, so I don't want to compare it. <laughs> I think I think what Kirsty I think what Kirsty is trying to say in her own way is that it's, it's very much a, a story arc kind of show, isn't it? It's not Voyager and the Next Generation. I, I love both, but they're very episodic, aren't they? You can you can pick and choose pretty much any episode from any any season and they're all self-contained and they don't generally follow on from each other too much whereas Deep Space Nine you really get that I mean there are a few episodes where you can just sort of pick and choose and jump in and out but you really get the most out of it if you start from the beginning and watch the whole story unfold across the whole seven seasons I think yeah yeah no that's right sorry Paul I didn't mean to offend but um, <laughs> um like um like I said on the, on the last one that I was on you know it all it's it's um I am it's very much oh for goodness sake um it's if I'm watching <laughs> if I'm watching, if I'm watching Voyager, then that tends to be. I'm I'm very indecisive, but um, you know, if I'm watching Voyager, I I enjoy that. If I'm watching Star Trek: The Next Generation, then I'm enjoying that. If I'm watching Enterprise, then I'm watching. You know that that you know that that's my favourite at the time as well. I I think The Next Generation is my least favourite, but um. What? <laughs> Deep Space Nine is um yeah it's it's got to be um it, if I had to pick an episode it would it would be a Deep Space Nine episode that I'd want to watch. Okay, so you're, you're a bit like me. I find that my favourite episodes or favourite series is generally the one I'm watching at the time. Yeah, I mean that that, that is a, a common thing, and I think Cena has the same opinion as well. I mean, and, and you know I, I've been, I've been the same. I've always said that TNG was my favourite series. Having watched a lot of Deep Space Nine, I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to get through my DS9 rewatch. I've been doing it for ages now. I'm about halfway through season five, so I have been doing a rewatch. But it's just, you know, I, I just love it because it just carries on, and there's just so many, so many interesting story and character threads going through it. And you know, it's a really rich, uh, a, a really rich series, which you really didn't get in Voyager. I, I love Voyager. I think it's a great series, and I love TNG, probably because of. It was, my, it, it, was, it was my first Star Trek love, TNG, yeah. really. I mean, I did watch the original series before TNG, but TNG no, always didn't. has a special place in my heart. Sorry? What's your favourite, Paul? EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my, my favourite is... Um, oh, again, it, it does depend what I'm watching, and I generally will err to what I'm watching at the time. Yeah. Um, like when I did my uh, Enterprise watch. Oh, you uh, loved that, didn't you? Oh my God, I thought it was absolutely amazing. What did you uh, watch uh, that from start to start to end? Yeah, I watched it from start to finish, and yeah, I, yeah, and oh I went God. on holiday, and it was, and I was just sitting there drinking bottles of wine, watching. Oh, it was great. <laughs> 
Anyway, so back to Deep Space Nine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm I'm going to ask a question, and I know this specifically. I don't know if the two of you can you remember when you first watched or first saw Deep Space Nine? No. I can, I can. <laughs> so, picture the scene. It's 1993. I mean, like I said, 20 years ago today, it premiered in the US. I don't think it it didn't come out quite so early in the UK and obviously this this was 20 years ago there was very little internet almost no internet there was no Netflix or any of that so it would probably would have been a few months before it uh, was even on TV here in the UK and it was probably on Sky but I do remember sometime I think towards the summer of 93 so I'd have been 18 I was doing my A-levels and me and a couple of friends we went down to our local blockbuster and we hired Emissary so the pilot episode and we hired uh, those were in the days, Paul, you remember, where they used to have two episodes on a VHS, and we hired Emissary and the next two episodes, so Past Prologue and A Man Alone. Well, we went, back, went back to my mate's house, and we watched them, and I, I was like, I thought this was amazing. I thought it was fantastic. I've only got one memory of buying, well, one main memory of buying Deep Space Nine video, and I don't know how old I was. Um, but it was the final episode of Deep Space Nine. Okay. And I'd gone into Sainsbury's, and I remember seeing it there. I picked it up. I squealed like a girl um, and ran up to my mum and said, it's here, it's here, it's here, it's here, it's here, it's here. It's here. <laughs> oh, well, good for her for buying it for you. Yeah. How many years ago was that, Paul? Couple? Two, three. <laughs> 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 um, whenever Deep Space Nine. How long has Deep Space Nine been off the air now? Oh well, it was seven years, so it was ninety-three to two, uh, ninety-three to two thousand, I guess. So I'm guessing it was, it was, yeah. So it's been off, off there for twelve years, yeah. Twelve, thirteen years ago. Yeah. So I was. You'd know, have been about fifteen when it finished. Fifteen, sixteen years old. Yeah. yeah. Oh, youngsters. Yeah, young love. <laughs> I, I mean, I like I said, uh, like Mark said, I can't remember um, really the first time I. I watched um, Deep Space Nine. I can remember my very first Star Trek movie um, because it was um, not long after um, myself and Mark met. But um, yeah, first contact. Fantastic. (laughs) But no, you've you've got to admit, Paul, if you're going to watch a Star Trek movie to get you into Trek, first contact has to be the one. Yeah, yeah, I think it's because it's got that bit of action and it's got the bit of everything else and. It's just yeah. that, the it's other. awesome. Love that movie. As everyone knows. I like yeah. First Contact, I do. Even the kids quite like it. I, I watched it with the kids and they were like, that was really cool. You're like, good, yeah. watch the rest. Yeah. They are They are just humouring you, though. You know that, don't you? Well, no, no, the kids really liked that movie. I didn't. I didn't force them to watch it. They really liked it. I didn't force them to watch it. I just told them they wouldn't get any pocket money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was more like it. No, I mean, um, obviously, um, when I last watched, um, when I first, sorry, first watched um, Deep Space Nine, it, w- it obviously would have been with you, Mark. I, yeah. It's not something I would have watched before meeting no, you. It seems no. though that I was obviously a, a mere baby when I met you, but... Um, you you kind of introduced me to the whole Star Trek world. Yeah, lad. Yeah, Kirsty was seventeen when we met. So really? I, I, I was twenty. I was twenty-one. Kirsty was seventeen. So I was a baby. She was just seventeen. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Take out that now, then. <laughs> Are you going to cut that bit out? <laughs> no, I'm going to leave that in. I'm going to leave that in. Oh, a bit here is Mark singing on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Okay, so we're going to talk about the first character. Yes. So, okay, so I thought what we'd do, we, we would talk about some of the main characters and our, what our overall thoughts of them were. So, obviously, first character we have to talk about is Captain Sisko. Yes. What did you think of Sisko, Paul? Well, first of all, uh, over, uh, I mean, from the beginning, you know, uh, overall, not from the beginning to the end, but just your overall thoughts on Sisko. Well, first of all, he was black, which I thought was a nice change. Yeah. Yeah, he was um, the yeah. first main character. He wasn't the first black captain because obviously we had a black captain in Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan, which was Captain. Is it, it Terrell? Well, he was the sort of the first, you know, the first main. Yeah, the first main character, which yeah. which was a big deal back then. Now it's like yeah, whatever, but it was a relatively big deal at the time. Yeah, I mean, I, I must say, I, I still watch. He's very, he was very um, very over the top. I would say. no, no, no. Over the top's not the right word. He was, he was very good. He was very good at what he did. Passionate. Yes, passionate, I think. That's he's, he's very different to Picard. Yes, yeah. Whereas Picard's very uh, logical and, uh, you know, very sort of thoughtful and things like that. But, uh, Cisco's very uh, emo- emotional with it. And, you know, he very much acts, uh, you know, he will act on his feelings and, uh, and things like that instead, instead of just, you know, thinking things through properly all the time and... Yeah, I, I, I think, I don't. Again, I don't think I'm going to be too popular. But Cisco's not my favourite captain. Um, I will have to say, I think mm-hmm. he is. I, I agree with you, Paul. He's he's very emotional, and I think the relationship that he has between, um, between him, you know, him and his son, is is brilliant. You yeah. know, he's obviously not had a, a mother figure around, and and he's tried to be both but yeah. i think sometimes he can just be a little bit over the top and yeah. just get himself so emotionally involved in in everything it kind of um you know where a captain you have to think very logically around um the decisions you make his is very much around um his feelings and and, yeah. and how that's going to affect things and you do have to have that to a certain degree but i think but, it kind of well, takes it over i think yeah yeah, yeah. No, no, all, all, all good points. And I mean, I, I, I think he was very different. I mean, we'd obviously we'd had Kirk in the original series, and then we had we had Picard, and we had TNG. So Cisco was the the, the new captain in in the next generation of Star Trek, yeah. if if you can call it that. And he was very, very different to Picard, and for for obvious reasons, they didn't want to have the same, you know, cookie cutter captain. And even Janeway uh, is very different to Janeway as well. Yeah, absolutely. They're all very different. And I like that because that's what people are. People are very different. At first, I, w- I was a little unsure. And I think I think Cisco develops, you know, by the time he becomes a captain, which is in season three, I want to say, by the time he gets that, by the time he loses the hair and gains the goatee, he really, that really changes. Wasn't it? Sorry? That was what we found out at Star Trek London. That's what he wanted. That was his yes. hairstyle. That's how he wanted to be. And he had to oh, shave. did he? Yeah. yeah. That's how he wanted to be. And that's how he is now, of course. And, of course, Paul, you'll remember because you were stood right next to me. At the, you were stood right behind me at the time when, when I went had... and had my photo and he adjusted my collar. Yes. <laughs> and Paul yeah. and me geeked out. 
Yes. I, I came out and Paul was behind me, had your photo taken with Avery Brooks and he came out and he came running out and you were really excited and so was I and he says, <laughs> no, no, it was really cool. It was it was a real cool geeky moment. He said, he adjusted your collar, that was fantastic. I was like, yeah, I know. And I was let jumping me smell around, it, really let excited. me smell it. Oh, no, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> we were jumping around really excited. He adjusted your collar, that was really cool because he just looked at me. And Avery Brooks is a, is a real <laughs> character. I mean, he's a little bit of a crazy guy. He's got this real reputation. He just, he just looked at me. He, he didn't say a word. He just looked at me. He just looked at me, reached right over. You know, and he's a big guy. He just reached right over round the back of my collar. And when he did it, you know, if, if some guy does that, you think he would flinch. Yeah. And I didn't flinch at all because I thought, well, that's I'm Captain Cisco. It's Captain Cisco. I'm not going to come to any harm. And he just reached right over and just to my collar. And I didn't flinch a bit. And I just thought, that was so cool. Yeah. That was so cool, and we were, we were both really geeked out by that. And I fucked it up completely, because I I wanted to know what the music he had been singing was, because I really enjoyed it. Yes, and, I remember. I remember turning around you asking him the question. Yeah, I and I, I, I just started. I was like, oh, what was the music that you were singing? Because it was really good, and I didn't know quite what. I was just fucking gibbering on, and I was like, my brain's going, shut up, shut, shut up, up, Paul, shut up, shut up. Yeah, I know. I was like that when I met Patrick Stewart, and I was like, what the fuck do I say to Patrick Stewart? I just went, hi. Oh, lovely to meet you. Yes. Like everybody else said. <laughs> I love you. Yes. I think I wet my pants. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I I did enjoy Cisco's character. I mean, like all of them, it really developed towards the end. A little bit of a dis- disappointing end for him. But I think, Kirsty, you, you touched on his relationship with, with Jake. And... Often, start you know, softly captains. They're seen as very much, you know, alone. They don't have children. They don't have wives. They don't have families. But this this was a real departure for for Trek, I think. And I really did enjoy the relationship that he did have with Jake. I think I think he was a good father. He was a loving father. And Paul, you know, the episode The Visitor. Kirsty, you've seen this episode. I love that episode. Oh, the Tony Todd one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where where Cisco disappears into the future, Kirsty, and you see Jake grow, grown up as a he, he he grows up and Cisco keeps disappearing through time. They were really good episodes. They that, were. that was a really good episode. Um yeah um I really enjoyed that um episode um and it was great kind of seeing um Jake and how he managed him his way through his life without his father and 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 kind of um trying as as much as he could to to go go back and and, f- and fix the situation mm. um yeah it was it was a lovely lovely story i really like that episode yeah it makes wayne cry i was about to say well yeah most of them do <laughs> it does. and i mean it, it it does it does bring a tear to my eyes it's it's a i mean it's got I mean, it did music me, it's got some fantastic performances um you know from from, from avery brooks but especially from tony todd who you know it is well known in Star Trek because he plays Kern Wolf's brother as well. But you know, a, a, a lovely performance and you know, a fantastic episode. Absolutely love that. So I did enjoy the fact that Cisco was more of a family man than we'd ever seen before as a as, as a Starfleet officer. Oh, I think he's always portrayed himself as a as a family man. He has always been very sort of family orientated, especially with Jake and yeah, uh, good league stuff, and and um, you know, he set the school up on the promenade and. and but nice, yeah. nice to see because we'd never really seen that before in Star Trek or since, really. They're all very much. 
as I said, very isolated characters. You know, I'm not yeah. a family man. You know, I, I don't have children. I don't have a wife or a husband. It was all, you know, they're just a, a, a an island, aren't they? Yeah. What happened to Jake's mum? She she was she was killed at Wolf Three Five Nine. So in the battle with the Borg, when Picard was uh, assimilated by the Borg, yeah, um, he was on the Saratoga at Wolf Three Five Nine, where forty starships were assembled, and they were on there. And his mother was killed during that battle. Yeah, right. that's why Cisco gave Picard such a frosty reception. In 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 episode oh, first episode, he meets okay. Picard, and he says, "It's been a long time." I don't think I've seen that episode. I'd like to watch that. Oh, it's awesome. It's, it's <laughs> what you're best. doing tonight. Emissary is the best. You're watching Star Trek. <laughs> it's, it's the best. In, in terms of Star Trek pilots, it's my favourite. I think it's the best. Encounter at Farpoint, you know, any of the pilots for any series, Emissary is by far the best, in my opinion. So Picard, uh, Cisco meets Picard for the first time. He says, it's been a long time. Picard says, oh, have we met before? And Cisco has a real thing in him. He says... We met in battle at Wolf 359. You know, uh, yeah, Picard's like, oh shit, not another one. Oh, he's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. see the look on Picard's face. That old face. story. But, oh, you've, you've got to watch it. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. In that and episode, then when does he meet um, uh, the, the, I don't know what her name is. I'm Cassidy. sorry. Cassidy yes. Gates. Uh, that's in around about season three or four, I think, Paul, isn't it? Yeah, they, something like that. They have a relationship and then she gets convicted as being a Maquis, sympathises, doesn't she, and goes off to prison for a year or so and then pops back in about season five, I think. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen those series. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, she gets discovered in season three, disappears for season four, and then comes back sometime in five, something like that. I remember being, uh, I can remember Cisco being a little bit pissed off. Yeah. Yeah, quite, because... Obviously, it's not good for the uh, the captain's woman to be uh, a oh, sent to jail. Yeah. Yeah, a Mackey a Mackey person sent to prison. But uh, yeah, I mean, they get married in the end. And yeah. Yeah. So anyway, on on to the next characters, Major Kira Norris. Well, she was a bit of a tough bitch, wasn't she? Yes, yeah, she, she really was. That's Bajoran yeah. women for you, though, isn't it? Because obviously yeah. we've seen a Bajoran woman before in uh, Ro Laren on on TNG, and it seems to be that. Bajoran women are strong characters, I think we could say. Oh, they've just got a fucking stick stuck up their arse. <laughs> <laughs> that woman had more attitude than bloody, oh, I don't know, some young Defenders Institute. Yeah, but she did soften, though, didn't she? She did. She was very, very hard in the first couple of seasons. And yeah. I mean, quite rightly so, because like a lot, a lot of the Bajorans, and you can say they had a chip on their shoulder because they'd been occupied by the Cardassians for around about 70 years, and they'd had some horrendous treatment. I mean, they would have been slaughtered in their millions. Been, I mean, they'd been raped, you know, treated as slaves, sent to labour camps, slaughtered, experimented on, all sorts of horrendous things that happened to them. And she was one of the resistance fighters. It was basically what the Cardassians would have called a terrorist, yeah. or they would have called a freedom fighter. So she was a real tough bitch. Um, but then her relationship with Odo was was wasn't she like turned, that. She did the complete. She flipped with Odo. Yeah. She went from the first season when she was a really tough bitch to the last season when she's with Odo. She's a pussy. Mm. <laughs> she's a right old big floppy. Oh, lovely, lovely. It's because she's in love. She's in love, and I think I think that is the whole character of develop, development as it goes along. And because Bajor was coming to terms with its, you know, getting over the occupation and actually becoming its own 
its own yeah. world again. And I think I think she portrays, you know, how how Bajor went through that journey from being really sort of militant and literally just being freed from the Cardassians to, you know, being a little bit more open and receptive to new ideas and the Federation, etc. Yeah, she's a good old girl, I suppose. Yeah, um, I I, I don't. I haven't got. She's she's although she's a main character, she's not one that stands out. Other than like you say, Paul. Other than being a, um, what you said, I can't say it because the kids aren't are here. But yeah. <laughs> the, the bitch yeah, word. But um, yeah. Other other than that, that's absolutely what she stands out for. And then eventually, um, the relationship eventually she has with Odo. But um, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't stand out. For me, that there, there are much better characters in in Deep Space Nine than, than her, I think. Yeah. Well, what the, yeah, well, I think we're about to get onto my favourite. Yeah. I like Dax. So Dax oh. is our next character. So we we have two Daxes to talk about, of course. But obviously, I mean, if you know, uh, Jadzia Dax was in from and Matty Hansen. I know you're listening. We're going to talk about Dax. So <laughs> is that she, his favourite. Yeah. Matt loves Jadzia. I, I love Jadzia Dax too. So we had Jadzia from seasons one to six, and then we had Esri. Now I like Esri too. Not as much JD. No. No, but J, JD's daughter. So JD, Kirsty, I'm sure I've told you JD from Down Under. His his daughter is named Esri, which I think is a lovely name. I think it's. A Isn't, and I bet you there's not many people called Esri. No, I think it's a beautiful name. Yeah. Really do like that as a name. I think Esri is a is a is a beautiful name for it. It is a beautiful name. Yeah. So he's got this little three I think she's about two or three, I think. Yeah. I remember. Um I think it's a beautiful name, but his daughter's named Esri. But anyway, Dax. So like so it. what did you think of Dax? Okay, as a character, I think uh, she's a very good character. I liked um how she developed the role. This is uh, this is Jazia. Yes. Uh, I liked how she developed the role. I liked the rapport she had with Ferengi. I liked the fact that she managed to separate uh, work uh, from pleasure, and she managed to keep a nice balance between uh, between that. As a uh, as a person, I think she's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> you like the spots, dear? Oh God, I'd love to see how far down there. There were lot, obviously, <laughs> obviously, you remember there were a lot of a lot of people like the trail because there were a lot of people at Star Trek London wearing trail spots, weren't there? There was, yes. Shouldn't a huge amount of them. The thing about Dax for me is that she was, um, she, she had a very good relationship with all of them in her own special way. Yeah. Um, and although you know, obviously she's very very old and that came across in the the way that she spoke was quite she had a lot of wisdom yes shall i say yes and um it very it came across in the in the way that she speaks the way that her relationships are formed and um you know mirroring what you said paul you know she was a very very good character and i i enjoyed her character and enjoy her character (laughs) the first when she came on she was very much (laughs) You know, and I, I don't want to judge overall, but when they first came on, but you have to think about it, she was very much the, she was quite bland at first. She was very much the sort of science, techno babble geek. But yes. as, as it moved on and Worf came onto the series, and obviously she had the relationship with Worf, she really did round out a lot as a character. And of course, they did decide in the end, well, she decided she wanted to leave. And they killed her off and they replaced her with Esri. Now, a lot of people didn't like Esri because she wasn't Jadzia. Now, I, I really like Esri. 
Yeah, she had a she had a tough thing to follow though. She yeah, had a, she really did. She yeah. did have a tough act to follow, and personally, I think Nicole de Boer did a really good job. And so equal. And let's face it, Paul, she was a babe. Yeah. And still is. Um, you know your I, wife's on here, don't you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Love you. Yeah. Oh. Um, shit. <laughs> but uh-huh. I I think they should have brought. I, th- I think to replace Dax directly with a, with with another Dax was probably a mistake. They could have brought another Trill on board, but it not be Dax. But yeah. they did what they did for the final season. But I I, I really liked Esri, and I have been reading some of the um, some of the books where we have Captain Esri Dax. No, I've I've actually quite enjoyed her character as well. So do we know why Judzia did want to leave? Well, obviously not Judzia, but um. Um, the actress that um, played her. Yeah, Terry Farrell. Yeah, she she went on to do some other things, and she went on to was it Becca Paul? She went on to do that sort of sitcom with Ted Danson. I don't know. She thought she was going to have some big career doing something else, and it never actually panned out. Into I know it's such a shame, considering it was you know it was the last se- you know the last series. Yeah, yeah, she left. And she left. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Uh, well, I think. Uh, that's I mean, that's the thing when you're an actor, you think something big's going to come up. She made the decision. Yeah. I mean, really, hasn't done the her wrong much harm. It really hasn't mm. done her much harm because, I mean, she's still... Gorgeous. <laughs> well, yes, that. But she's still done quite well out of Trek, hasn't she? So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I haven't seen her in much else. I've seen her in one or two movies. She was in one of the Hellraiser movies. I'm not Hell- sure. Yeah. yeah, one of the Hellraiser movies. Oh, I wouldn't have seen her. I don't yeah. do that. Sort of thing. No, no, I know you're a scaredy cat. You don't like... Oh, God, I hate it. I, oh, you don't like you don't like horror movies. I don't like horror movies. Oh, I love horror, horror movies either, but it's not because I'm a scaredy cat like you, Paul. I just find them boring. But no, so I'm a. You big... haven't seen any decent ones. I'm a big pussy. Yeah. I must admit, if I'm watching it, because I tend to have to watch horror movies on my own. If I do watch them, I do have to put the children's channel on straight after, just yeah, to get a little bit. <laughs> 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 when I was younger, if I watched anything that was remotely scary, I had to read, read a couple of comics afterwards. Just yeah. To find and sleep with the light on. And shut my door. Just in case. Because <laughs> you can't be too careful. <laughs> what kind of comics do you read, Paul? I used to read Beano. Beano. The Bash Street Kids. Yeah, although my favourites, I used to get I the, used to love the Bash Street Kids. I used to get the Beano comic, and every Christmas my nan would get me the Bash Street Kids uh, annual. Yeah. And you know, the 1991, 1992, and 1993, I can still remember page for page because I've read them so many times. I actually brought them on eBay a couple of years ago. So I had my copies, and I remembered every single one. Awesome. Are they expensive? uh, What, to buy on eBay? Yeah. No, a couple of quid. All right. Yeah, which is amazing. But um, it's just, it's one of those things, it's such a blast down memory lane, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I um I, I we're going off the subjects a little bit, but that's all right. Here we, mate, we love. <coughs> we um we recently we've had um a lot of decorating done in our house recently, and um we um moved the the bed, and underneath the bed was a box that I'd put there years and years ago, and in there was all my take that rememberabilia. <laughs> And there was an LP in there, wasn't there, Mark? And yeah. a tape, a, a cassette tape, tape in a there. Cassette tape. Yeah. <laughs> So it kind of, like you say, it just kind of takes you down. Anyway, sorry. That anyway, totally no, that's all. That's all right. We digress all the time. So, yeah. okay. So, so Dax, we're done with Dax. So Bashir, Kirsty. I like him. I think he's funny. I um, I think the the relationship that he has with O'Brien, I I find them very funny yeah. together. 
It's the bromance thing, isn't it? It is the bromance, yes. Which, in, coincidentally, Paul, we keep going back to this. First show I was on, we talked about bromances. Yeah. Which is going back a year ago. We talked about bromances, my uh, first ever show. And uh, we did talk about that relationship between... Uh, you and Wayne. <laughs> between Bashir and O'Brien. Oh, okay, sorry. But, Kirsty, if I remember rightly, you used to have a little bit of a crush on Dr. Bashir, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You? I did, yeah. Do you still have that, or do you think as you as um, matured as a woman, as you got think to know you've him. moved on? No, I, th- no, I think, it, I, think I, find, I find him very funny, and I, I find that quite attractive in him. Mm. Um, and I think... Um, I think he's probably one of the most, the, the better looking out of all the main characters. Mm. Um, obviously, Bar Quark, but um, that uh. that's obviously another story. But um, <laughs> that was very witty of me, wasn't it? Um, but no, yeah, you know, he's yeah, he's one of the better looking ones. But I think I like I like his sense of humour. It's it's quite a dry sense of humour. Mm. Um, but there are times where. Um, you know, like I said, certainly the relationship that he has between him and O'Brien, he kind of tries to bring o- O'Brien out of his shell a little bit more. I think when Bashir first came to the show, I thought he was really irritating, and I think he really was because he was. I mean, he's a fresh. That's what I was going to say. He was a pain in the arse. He annoyed me. <laughs> he was fresh <laughs> out of Starfleet Academy, though, wasn't he? He was very young. Oh, he was very by the green. rule book, wasn't he? He was very by the rule book. He was very young. He was very green. And it was all, um, you know, I'm out here in the wilderness. So a shout out to you, t- uh, you guys, JD and Fez, out yeah. here in the wilderness. <coughs> but that's what he was like, and it was very, very irritating of us. But he did mature a lot as it went on, and particularly when we went in, into the Dominion War, and he really did change a lot. We we found out, of course, that he was genetically engineered. You and know, then it really did flesh. Yeah, they did flesh him out an awful lot. Yeah. Um, but Overall, I mean, he's not my favourite Doctor, but but I enjoyed him. I did enjoy his character. I thought I thought he was a good addition to the show. He was a bit of a wimp at times, though, wasn't he? I think from what I remember. Yeah, at times he was, particularly in the earlier seasons. As it goes you know, on, and in... hiding and doing the spy stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think I think as you go on into the Dominion War, he does toughen up a lot. But all of the characters have to as that all kicks off. So. Yeah, yeah I mean, he he wasn't my favourite character in DS9, but but a good one nonetheless, I think. So, what about O'Brien then? So, O'Brien isn't a unique DS9 character. He's obviously a, a carry-on over from, from the next generation. Now, yes. I loved O'Brien. I always liked his character. Oh, 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 O'Brien. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> the Australians will be pissing themselves laughing now. Why, why? Let me in on the joke. What's oh, no, the joke? It's, it's, uh, it's the glass company in Australia. It's a window company where they go, where they have a TV ad that goes, oh, 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 O'Brien. I do think. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So whenever whenever really somebody funny. mentions O'Brien on their podcast, they go, oh, 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 O'Brien. <laughs> it's just really funny. So JD and Fez are currently pissing themselves laughing. But... Like every time they see Morn, they go, Morn! Morn! <laughs> I, do, I do that myself now. I do. It's really annoying. I know, it's irritating, because every time I watch this, it's morn! It's like, yeah. Mark, you're sat here on your own, and you've just shouted morn at the TV. Yeah. 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 Bless you. Never, never mind. Love you. <laughs> anyway, so O'Brien, so I, I always liked him, because, I mean, he was right there in Encounter at Farpoint. He was like, right there from the beginning in TNG. 
but he must have had the most god-awful job on the Enterprise because he was transporter chief. So he was sat in that room eight hours a day waiting for some bugger to want to beam up. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. taking a shuttlecraft. I'll beam you. Just like sat there going, <laughs> to yeah. do. no one's wanted to beam up at the moment, or I'll just stand here and press some buttons all day. Yeah. And he could, he, but he could have made it um, more exciting, like, um, yeah, oh, yeah, God, um, what's his face from the new Star Trek movie? Oh, oh I'm um, so sorry. Chekhov. Chekhov. Yes. Where they were beaming, I can do this, I can do this. Yes. I've to beam them up while they're falling, yeah. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, I yeah. liked his character. But, um, yeah, he could have... I did find him... I did find him quite boring. Um, and, yeah, I, you know... He, you know, it's, it's, um, with O'Brien, like you said, Mark, he, um, he was in Deep Space Nine. No, 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 sorry. He was in um, Next Generation. Yeah. Um, and, obviously, Deep Space Nine. So, it was good to see um, a character that you knew yeah. um, into a, 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 new, um, a new series... Yeah. Um, and a familiar face, shall I say. But, um, yeah, he he was a little bit boring. No, you think so? I, I think he was given a lot more to do in Deep Space Nine. He, he, he was very boring in TNG. Mm-hmm. There is a nice little scene where he, in Emissary where he hands over to Picard and he leaves the Enterprise. And Picard actually walks into the transporter <coughs> room and says goodbye to him, which is quite nice. But he was given a lot more to do and really developed as a character. But I really liked O'Brien. I thought he was a... He was the guy you would want to go down to the pub with and have a pint. And yeah, yeah, pint. yeah, I could he, see that. He, he was like a real, he's a real man's man, I think, Paul, yeah. isn't he? Didn't he, wasn't he married to, was it, is it, what's her name? Coco, hey, is it Coco? Coco. 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 What does she think she is? Oh, God, Coco. Coco <laughs> the clown. Coco. Yeah, Mark doesn't like Coco. Oh, no, she's a whingy bitch, Coco. <laughs> she really is the most irritating whingy, I mean, you know, O'Brien. Miles, really, Miles, Miles, Miles. I mean, O'Brien, really nice guy. He has to put up with the most whingy bitch of a wife. Yeah, but he loves her. He does love her, but she's a whingy bitch, honestly. She... Well, sadly, you can't pick who you marry, can you, and fall in love well, with? You, well, you can. Yeah, actually. In a few of the episodes where Keiko isn't a whingy bitch, where she basically gets taken over by an alien, she's actually really good. Yeah. But for the most part, she's a whingy bitch, and she gets on my she gets on my. Oh, I saw her in another film the other day. Oh really? Yeah, she was in. Uh, have you seen What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams? Uh oh, oh Ooh, years ago, um, a long you. time ago. She's in that. Oh, right. That's that's quite an old film. That's at least 10, 12 years old or so, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's good. I know which one you mean, where it's... Yeah, I know which one you mean, yeah. Oh, I'll have to watch that again, because I think I quite enjoyed it, but that's that's going back quite a few years ago. I like a bit of Robin Williams. Uh... Yeah. I like Robin Williams. Yeah. I like him a lot. But I liked O'Brien. He might not be your favourite, Kirsty, but I, I did like him. If any if any, any time you need anything fixing, O'Brien... Oh, is... yeah, you can guarantee on him. Yeah. He's your dude. He is probably the best engineer in Starfleet. Fix this, and he can do it. He is your. If we fix it, it's done. Yeah. Like, I like Miles. I, I, I really like. I, yeah, it's always in the pub on the dartboard and stuff. And even on that Minecraft game. He, I he, 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 yeah, you know, you know, he can fix the stuff, but he's still there with a dartboard, and he's got a pint ready, going, "Yeah, I fixed your replicator, and here's a pint." <laughs> on that Minecraft game, I, I built a bar. Uh, I called it Quarks, and I actually put a. Uh, a pool table in there and a dartboard on the wall and the score table uh, had uh, Miles and uh, Julian on there. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Got to be done. In recognition <laughs> of their uh, contributions to uh, start <laughs> drinking. 
Okay. So next character, what do you reckon about Odo then, Paul? Um, I, I, I thought he was a bit stiff to start with. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but overall, a good character. Um, again, with the others, he, he really came into his own as the series de- developed. But so I think you're going to get that in every um, yeah. every yeah. program you get because they got to get used to the characters and what they're doing and everything. But uh, yeah, I, I think he came into his own. I mean, he started off a little bit of uh, a bit of a brown nose, you could say, and that sort of thing. But uh, he, he came round. He, he, you know, he, all of a sudden you knew which team he was on, and um, yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong in being a brown nose sometimes. No, no, don't get me wrong. Being a brown nose sometimes the best thing to bloody do. Yeah, I, I, I like Odo. Um, I think he's very intri- a, a, an intriguing um, character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, you just don't know what he's going to be capable of doing next. You know, there's always going to be... Odo was a, um, a, a big advantage, I would say, to, um, to Deep Space Nine. And I think um, Cisco used him as an advantage in, on many occasions. I think. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's handy and shapeshifter about. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it was interesting because at first we didn't know um, when he first came on. I thought, oh, well, that's a gimmick character. Yes, he can change shape. It was very much a gimmick. But as it moved on through, the, you know, through the series, and we we discovered a little bit, little bit more about him, a little bit more. And then we found out that it was he was a member of these founders, and they were the founders of the Dominion. It really did change the whole, yeah, you know that, that, that the whole scope of who he was and what he was. And it was like, wow, this is you and know, this is amazing. And then then he lost his ability, and he became a solid for. It wasn't for that many episodes. It was for you know for about ten, fifteen episodes, and then they had the little changeling came aboard and it absorbed into his own body, and he he got his powers back. But it was, you know it. I, I did really enjoy him at first. He was, like I said, very gimmicky. Yeah. But as he moved on, and then he he, he did have a little bit more of a, an appreciation for solids, and he had the yeah. relationship with with Kira, which was interesting. But I, I think I think I think towards the end, I I did like at the end of the series where we, he was able to go back to the Great Link and go back to the founders, and he he went back to his own people. I think that was probably the right choice for Odo. Yeah. I think, although he'd spent most of his conscious life around solids he it was time for him to go back to his own his, his own people and I, I was happy for him in the end a lot of about how deep space nine ended i wasn't that happy with particularly as as we said earlier when we when we read darren's email when cisco went back to the founders and became a god i can sort of understand but it was a little bit of a frustrating into to the series for me, but I can understand Odo going back to to the other founders. I can, I, I really can see that that made sense for him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose he I suppose he always feels like he's a bit of an outsider. Yeah, definitely. So another outsider, the Ferengi in general. But we're going to talk about Quark, but the Ferengi in general. Now, the Ferengi in the Next Generation were portrayed originally to be the Federation's new big threat. Yeah, that fell on its arse, didn't it? It did completely. <laughs> yeah. That they were going to be the big threat. And re- really early into season one, they realised that these guys were just jokes. They were never yeah. going to be the big threat. Yeah. And they were always just like treated like... Whips, didn't they? Yeah, they, the, the hollow whip. Remember those? Well, yeah. The little laser whip things. And they were all seen as a little bit ridiculous. 
And that that's obviously the Ferengi didn't turn out to be the big enemy. They came up with the Borg and TNG moved on. And you thought that was it for the Ferengi. But with the Ferengi in DS9, they really gave them a lot of character. And it's all down to one man, and that's Armin Shimmerman. He's a legend. A.K.A. Cork. He's absolutely fantastic. And it, obviously he's going to be at the uh, the DS9 ball in uh, Bournemouth in February, which um, obviously we're all hoping to get to. And I'd love to meet Armin Shimmerman because I think he was can fantastic imagine, as Cork. Can you imagine what first contact would have been if they had the Ferengi in it? Yeah. I know, that would have been quite funny. There wouldn't have been that long, live long and possible. It would have been your favourite like, film anymore. It would have been like, where's your gold? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't care about that stuff. Yeah, yeah. where's I your gold? Have you, shit. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you got anything worth selling? Yeah, where's your oil? Where's your gold? Yeah. How much your ring cost? Yeah, how much is that? How much is that? Yeah. Do you want to buy this? He opens up his coat and there's a load of watches. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But You're I, on the- but I, I, I really like Cork and Nog and Rom, you know, the, the whole Ferengi in there, because, like I said, the, the Ferengi in the next generation were jokes. They were just little clowns. You couldn't take them seriously. But in Deep Space Nine, they, they developed a whole culture, and, you know, they became a, a fascinate, fascinating species in their own right, I think. Yeah, yeah. And Armin, I think Armin Shimmerman did a fantastic, uh, fantastic job with his role. It wouldn't have been the same without Armin, would it? No, because he had the... He, had the um, he was one of those that he could be comical all of the time, even in a serious situation. Mm. But as soon as he was serious, you knew he was being serious. Yeah. And and he, he really managed to sort of put the... Um, he managed to make you able to feel, the, you know, the tension of things that were meant to be there when they needed to be there, and the humour when, when that need, needed to be there. Yeah, definitely. Quark, yeah, Quark's my—he's um, my favourite character in, in Deep Space Nine. Um, he's very comical. I love how he puts a completely different spin on on the seriousness at some times that Deep Space Nine can be. Um, and um, I love the trouble that he gets himself into because he does get himself into a hell of a lot of trouble. I'm still surprised Odo hasn't nicked him and put him away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the amount of times he, he, he did try and nick him. You know, how many times, you know, how many episodes can he count where he's like, you know, he's, he's getting into I've got you this time. I've, I've got, got you this time. time. <laughs> I've got you this time. Cork. Like, he never manages to nick him, does he? No. But he's got a tray. You know, there's all these investigations for murders and all this sort of stuff, and he catches the man and all of that. But Cork's got a tray in the bar that's not even hidden away with the um, isolinia rods and stuff. Yeah, he's, I know. He's, I know. What's isolinear rods? Oh, like little computer chips. Oh, I don't think I've seen them. Little magical USB sticks where you can put into, you know, you can swap them in and out. And oh, for the um... protocols, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But he does, he does a lot with the, um... oh, the holodecks, the holodecks. Yeah. I was going to say, um, you know, yeah, the rooms the where you do anything. Yeah, yeah. He does a lot with those, doesn't he? He does, yeah, yeah. So uh, the, the, the Ferengi are big on there. Well, Cork in particular is big on the holosuites and the... Um, there's been much discussion over several pods about the um, what goes what goes on in the holo suites and who has to clean up, clean up all the well who has to clean up all the cum from the holo suites. That's oh, Rom, isn't it? Not the word. That's Rom, isn't it? Has to clean up all the cum. From yeah, Rom's the. Uh, the... the what did you say? Did you just, what did you just say? Did you say cum? Yeah. Spunk he has to clean clean up all. The, Rom has to clean up all the cum from the holo, <laughs> from the holo suites. Yeah, that's a that's a 
That's I can bit. imagine it must get quite messy in there. Well, yeah, exactly, because <laughs> everything, everything vanishes. You know, you have a holographic, you have a holographic person with whom you have sex, and then obviously it becomes left suspended there, and they disappear. But that's not just what it's off. for, is it? Really? Well, it, well, no, it's not, but it is. It Don't is, say it is, Paul, because... <laughs> well, it is, it is in the Ferengi Holosuites. That's pretty much well, what... Well, in just there. those... Yeah, but I thought he could do anything. Well, I you thought, can, you can, and all the Federation offers it. Going, I'm going to have my skiing program. Everyone else has got their sex programs. Oh, for goodness sake. So, um, so okay, so question out to both you boys yeah um if you could pick any mark just watch your mouth um if uh, you could pick <laughs> anything that you wanted to in a holodeck what would you do i could pick anything any anything your heart's desire at at all what what would you want to do <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be star trek orientated but is is that what it would be um, I don't really know. I, I, I consider it could be anything you wanted. It would be the best porno ever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't really know. Um, see, the only thing I, I wouldn't want to get 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 carried away with, and I'm surprised they didn't. Um, well, they probably have at some point. I can't remember. Is that um, you know, you know, Barkley. You know, you start. They, all of a sudden, people start thinking that the holodeck's like real life. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do anything too, um, you know, too much that would take take any enjoyment away from sort of real living. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, flying jet planes and stuff like that. I yeah, suppose that would be cool. cool. I'd like to do. You know, I really liked when Tom Paris did Captain Proton. So it was like a. Oh yeah. You know, and like things a, like, like a things Superman. like the, yeah, or things like the James Bond thing. I'd be Superman. Yeah, Superman <laughs> or James Bond or something that you know, Captain Proton was very much Buck Rogers, wasn't it? But the one thing, Paul, have a think about it. This is the one thing I've always thought would be really cool. What about if you could play Mario Kart in the holodeck? So it'd be like Mario Kart. Oh you're in my the cart god, that would be awesome. With, with like really cool. Um, levels where you could do loop the loops and throw shells at each other with your mates, <laughs> or play Mario Kart in real life. That would be awesome on a holiday. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. I've thought about that for years. <laughs> Playing real life Mario Kart would be really fantastic. Really you good like fun Mario in a holiday. Kart. You like Mario Kart? I'm sure I've heard you mention it before. Oh yeah, I'm awesome at Mario Kart. <laughs> I'm better. No, you're not. Really. I am. No, you're not. I am. No, you're not. Oh, domestics, please, children. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think doing Mario Kart. It, in a in a holodeck would be fantastic. That would that would be one of my favourite things. Just something different, you know, just, just doing like a James Bond adventure or a, you know the Captain Proton or the Buck Rogers style adventure. Just something that is completely out of your normal life. Just would would be cool. Mm. Or you could do something like um, that you couldn't possibly do in real life. You exactly, know. Like, like like I'm saying, like um, Mario Kart or, or Mario Kart or like, Superman, well, no, Spider-Man. Like if, or... if your dream had always been to own a pub or something, but yeah, you know, you'd never have the time to do it, and or there just wasn't the opportunity. You could actually have your own pub, and you could and you, you could do business plan and stuff like that. Couldn't you? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Doing all the sexual stuff is like, well, it can happen in real life, but doing all of those real fantasy things that are never going to happen. You know, do the Lord of the Rings. You know, you know, going to Mount Doom as you know as one of the oh, hobbits. Yeah. Things like that would be cool. So, what about you, Kirsty? What would you like to do? Yeah, what would you like? Do? I would be a famous actress. That's what I would be. Yes. I was absolutely destined to be on the stage, and um, that's absolutely what I would do. 
you'd be like a, a musical star or uh, yes. something like that in a, in a big musical production of something of 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 everything i would be like <laughs> but then, then again that, that, that's a julie great... andrews <laughs> then again that, that, that's a great fantasy because that's something you know that that is something you know, like the doctor would do you know you'd have these fantastic you know visions of him being this musical yeah yeah anyway deep space nine <laughs> so paul your overall thoughts for Deep Space Nine. Final closing thoughts for the topic of the um, I I really, I, as I said, I really, I, I, if I'm watching it, I'm watching it and I really enjoy the series. But I'm about to do a Deep Space Nine rewatch. And I love Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I love the way that the story evolved. Because at the beginning, you think it's just the Cardassians. And all of a sudden, it all goes tits up. And then the Dominion come along. And, and then he's a, the only downside that I had with Deep Space Nine, it was a little bit too religious for me. Okay. Nothing against all religious people or anything no, like that. No, no, no. That's, religious? That's... How do you mean by religious? Oh, the, the whole Bajoran thing. It was far too much about the prophets. Oh, uh, with the emissaries and all. Prophets, and, yeah. Yeah, like, the prophets. Episode, and... I, I wanted action. I wanted to see things resolved in space. And I didn't want to see Golden Cat and Kai Wynn pissing about in fire caves. And, no, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it was quite and, that, and that's something we didn't actually touch on. Of course, I mean, you can talk about Deep Space Nine for hours and hours, but was the religious aspect. And, of course... That is something that would never have happened under Gene Roddenberry. Now, Deep Space Nine started after Gene Roddenberry died. Gene Roddenberry was a you know confirmed atheist and humanist. And the, whole, the whole thing would never have happened under his watch. Yeah. But I I don't think I mean I'm I'm a confirmed atheist, but I I do think that the religious aspect did actually add to the. You know, to the essence of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. I think. No, 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 I, I think. I, I think it. I think it was a good point to make it a religious type show because, although I'm an atheist, other people aren't. You know, and and other people have their own, you know, their own points of view, and that was something that Gene Roddenberry didn't do. So I think it added to it. But I do think you're right, Paul. Sometimes it did get pushed thought, a little bit no, too far. I, I, it, it worked. It, you know, don't get me wrong. It worked well. But it was just a bit. Sometimes it was just too much. It was like. Yeah, they, you know, they just went on too much with it, and I thought, for Christ's sake, <laughs> you know, I get the get the point right. We just like to go and blow something up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What about you, Kirsty? A quick sum up. Uh... Okay, so a quick summary of my thoughts about Deep Space Nine. I suppose I was a bit disappointed in the way that it ended. Yeah. Um, I'd have liked to have seen it carried on um a little bit more than it yeah. had. Um, but. You know, like I said, it was it, Deep Space Nine. If I had to, if I had to put, you know, a finger on which one I enjoyed the most, it, it would absolutely be that. I liked it. I like Deep Space Nine. It's my favourite. Mine too. Is that all right? <laughs> <laughs> so just just to wrap up my thoughts, I think it's a lot of people haven't watched it all the way through. It's probably the most underwatched Trek series. It's never on TV here in the UK. All of the others are, and I think it is because it is that it is it is because it's that soap opera style program. You really have. I think in these days of modern television, don't I anybody think, play EastEnders. No. I think, <laughs> I think, oh God, I'm never going to live that down. Otherwise, I think that TNG and Voyager work because you can watch them in more or less any order and know what's happening roughly. Deep Space Nine, you have to watch right from the beginning. To right to the end and okay we've got seven seasons we've got about 170 odd episodes but you have to watch it from start to finish and when you do 
you're in for a real treat. I think it's a fantastic story from start to finish. If you haven't watched it, if you're out there and you've only watched little bits of Deep Space Nine, you're listening to this, you have to watch it from start to finish. You're in for a real treat. Absolutely. And as from um, from a woman's point of view as well, who is, shall I quote, not a geek? No. Um, um, I would Did highly recommend this. No, 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 don't you say to, I'm not a geek. You went to Star Trek London in a uniform. <laughs> you are, that means you are a geek. I know, but baby, that was for you. It wasn't for me. It was it's purely for your pleasure. Okay. Well, that's it for our topic of the week. So thank you very much, Kirsty, for, for joining us. Would you like to just tell the uh, listeners how they can uh, get in touch with you and uh, give your feedback? Okay. Um, hi, hey, guys. Yeah, if you'd like to get in contact with me, it's um, I am at Kirsty Stamper on Twitter. Okay, so that's it for our topic of the week. So thank you, Kirsty, for joining us. And that means it's time for this. Time for the Trek Off. Yes, and it is time for the Trek Off. Now, because Wayne isn't here, Paul and I continue to play and Wayne loses out this win. Now, you you missed out on the last one, Paul. You weren't on the last pod. So we're going to continue without Wayne. So you get your chance to get some points. Now, I'm currently smug mode engaged, two in the lead, and you guys are both on zero. So this is your chance to get a point. So since I won the last trek off, I get the choice of who goes first. And I'm going to go first, actually, Paul. I'm going okay. to go first. I'm going to go for it. So give me your first question. And I think I think this week, in line with this week's show, we have DS19 questions, don't we? Um, yes, we have deep. But I've managed to get together three Deep Space Nine questions. I have one medium, two medium ones, and one easy one. Okay, I think mine are reasonably okay as well. So hopefully it should be a reasonable, uh, a reasonable challenge for both of us. So go on then. Give me give me your first question. Do okay. do, do your best or do your worst. Here we go then. Are you ready, sir? I am ready, sir. In the Deep Space Nine episode, Little Green Men. Oh, yes. Who are the aliens who inspire the Roswell incident? And I need names. What the... It was Quark, Nog and Rom. It was indeed. Yeah, that's an easy one, isn't it? Yeah, no, that was the easy one. That was the easy one. And it is one of my particular favourites. So, yeah, nice one. Well, that's one point funny. to me. As soon as you said, um, as soon as you said, oh, uh, little green man, I thought, oh, bollocks. <laughs> okay, so here's your first question, and this is, again, hopefully a relatively easy one. Jadzia was fond of what Ferengi game? Oh, uh, it was, I know this one, I can see the Latinum strips there. Uh, is, it, is it Tonga? No, that doesn't sound right. Is it Tonga? Um... Oh, bugger. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Acquire. <laughs> acquire. Yeah, yeah. Acquire. Confront. Yeah. Bend, confront, acquire. Yeah, that's it. Oh, is it Tonga? Is it Tonga? Is it Tongo? Tonga? Um, hang on. No. Oh, oh, bloody hell. What? Right. No, 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 no. Because no. um, I will get this. I will get this. So Jadzia liked playing it. She's there because she's usually there after hours. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Tongo. You're going to go with Tongo? 
Tonga or Tongo? Oh, fuck, let's go for Tongo. I can't, I can't. Tongo. Tongo is correct. Thank God for that. Would you have taken Tonga? Um, well, Tonga's a country, isn't it? In is Africa. It? I'm pretty sure it is. The Tonga. Is that right? Or is that called? I got from Orlando and Tonga. Tonga. I don't know. But you got it right anyway. So cool. I knew what it was. I knew I, I could see her playing it. Yeah, yeah. Confront a choir. Yeah, with, with all the little Ferengi people. Yeah. Yeah. Well done, Tonga. So that's uh, that's one apiece. So. Right. Question number two. Go on then. Do your worst. In the Deep Space Nine episode Defiant, why does Lieutenant Thomas Riker hijack the USS Defiant? He okay. So he's a Maquis guy, isn't he? Why does he... He wants to... Oh. So he comes aboard. He's pretending to be Riker. Um, he's a member of the Maquis. Everyone believes he is Riker. Oh, the William is for all intents and purposes, isn't it? Yeah. He wants to... He wants to... Um, he wants to... He, he, he thinks that the Cardassians are building a secret base or, or, or something like that and wants to take the Defiant to go and destroy it or, or a fleet of ships or something like that you know, he, but I think he's wrong in the end from what I remember but he wants to steal it to attack the Cardassians in some in some manner okay. the, the, oh, well the actual answer is he needs it to complete a mission for the Marquis right am I being too detailed then yes yeah. Well, I must be right then if it's been too detailed. Well, I, 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 I'll, I'll let I'll let you. I feel I need to, uh, right. I'll tell you what. Depending on how I do on the next question, it's depending on whether I give it to you or not. <laughs> okay. All right. No, I know. I feel like I feel it was. It, I, I feel I do need to give you that. I was maybe a little bit too. I mean, it was something like that. It was something you had to destroy a base or. Yeah. It, I was. I was just double it to... to complete a mission for the marquee. Okay, you're going to give me that then. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Piece, yeah. Right. yeah. That's uh, two to me, one to you. But this is your second question. So, are you ready? I should be good on Deep Space Nine. Yes, yeah. I'm ready. Who was Garrick's father? Oh, it was... Uh, an Arbor- oh, was it an Arbor- Oh, oh, oh. Um, oh, fuck, I know this as well. I know this as well. Uh, I'm sure it was an Arbor- Now, was it an Arbrin Tain? Oh, no, um... Um. Oh, oh, oh. Um. Uh, um. That's fun listening to you, Wes. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just, I just, I, I'm so, I've jumped on questions before where I've got, oh, I know this, and I don't just got it out completely. Um, and I just want to make sure I've, I've um, was it Nebrin? E, 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 uh, no. What did I say first of all? I don't I've confused know. myself now. You've confused yourself, haven't you, by, by going, oh, oh, is it this, is it that, is it, oh, oh, It's not an Ebrintain, an Arbrintain. An Arbrintain. An Arbrintain is correct, well done. Yes. It was. Yeah, he came and saw him on one of the episodes because he was dying or something. Yeah, he? he's been on a couple of episodes. He, yeah. was, he was the guy who placed the, he was the head of the Obsidian Order and had uh, implanted the, the implant in his brain. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, father. Oh, great, that means it's two all. So, well done, Paul. Okay, that means my third question. Yes. Is this the really tough one? Yeah. Okay. So, <coughs> well, we're, we're two each now. So it's yeah, a draw. That's why I'm hoping this is going to stump you. Okay. 
In the Deep Space Nine episode, When It Rains, what does Dr. Bashir discover about Odo? Ooh. Not that he likes drinking. <laughs> when it rains, that uh, Odo has a built-in umbrella. <laughs> um, that's that's where Odo gets the disease um, that the founders are having, this weird disease, isn't it? I can't remember, to be honest. It's been a while since I've done that end of Deep Space Nine. Uh, that's, that's fairly well into season seven, isn't it? I'm going to say it's that, that he discovers he has the founder's disease, but it could be something else. He's got this weird disease that the founders are suffering from. Okay, well, the answer is uh, he has been deliberately infected with the founder's disease by Section 31 to infect the Great Link. Oh, evil buggers. So I think because it was... I think I should give you half a point. Because you were right saying that he'd been infected by a disease. Yeah. You get the link saying uh, section 31 to infect the Great Link. Okay. 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 Two and a half points then. Two and a half points. Okay. This one is... I'm going to be really pissed off if you beat me by half a point now. <laughs> no, this is your final question. This is a little tougher. But we have reviewed this episode. Okay. We have reviewed this episode. Um, so. I am ready for my question, sir. Name Bashir's father. Oh! Um, oh, I watched one earlier when they were there. Because um, his mum and dad came along. Because he, uh, That he was, was the first supplemental ever. Which yeah. was my first episode almost a year ago. And we reviewed this. Um, Dr. Bashir, I presume. Yeah. Father's name. Just a Christian name. Obviously, his surname is Bashir. So a Christian name will, will, will be fine. Yeah. The thing that surprised me was they were both Indian. Well, one was Indian and one was... Um, or, 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 so they looked Indian anyway. They looked Indian, but of course, Dr. Bashirin is, isn't... I mean, or Siddiq Al-Fadil or Alexander Siddiq, whatever you call him, isn't Indian at all. He's, uh, he's Middle Eastern. He's like Moroccan or something. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. I always like the fact his middle name's Supertoy. <laughs> yes. I think it's quite a simple one. I think it's like a, quite a, 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 you know, a general name. Because mm. uh, his mum had the, the funny sort of name. Um, oh my god. Um, see, something's making me want to say Richard, but I don't think it's right. It doesn't look right. <laughs> I know yeah. what you mean. I know you, 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 you have this idea in your head and you're thinking. I've got a picture of his dad in my head, and I, I can imagine shouting across to him, hey Richard, and him just not looking around. Mm. Um, <laughs> it's all I've got. <laughs> Let's go with Richard. <laughs> Gonna go with Richard. I don't know why I'm thinking Richard. Oh. How many games are you ahead at the moment? You and Wayne, did you did you beat Wayne last time? Yeah, I'm I'm two I'm two and yeah I'm basically two in front. So Wayne's got nothing and you've got nothing. So no, I've, hang I, I've got we're calling it a point per check off. So I'm two points in the lead and you guys are both on zero. All right. Um. No. 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 Definitely Richard. You're going to go for Richard? Going with Richard. I'm sure it, it's got to be, because I can't... Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I just made myself jump. <laughs> um, going for I, Richard. I, I can't... Sorry? You're going for Richard. Yeah, I, I just can't think of... You've bagged yourself one point. Richard is correct. What was his mum's name? Oh, I can't remember his mum's name. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, because... Oh. 
because she had she had the funny name, not the funny name, you know. It's the, 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 uh, uh, it's more of an Indian Ashira or, or or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. It's Richard and it's something like Ash, Amsha. 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 So Richard and Amsha. So well done, sir. Thank well you. done, sir. So that is two points to me, one to you, zero to Wayne. So yet, yet, yet again, we prove that this, the trek off is the how thick is Wayne game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Quite. So that means, Paul, as you're the winner, you get to sign off the show. I do. I haven't done it for ages. Thank you for listening, listeners. And that's Trekmate. All hands on deck. Red alert. Bloopers approaching after the end music. You've been listening to the Trekmate Podcast. Would you like to get a hold of us? Visit trekmate.org.uk and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Make it so. Prepare to attack. All hands battle station. Don't worry. We will get to the bottom of this. All right. As is a tall ship and a star steer by. I don't want excuses, I want answers. Am I authorized to enter the neutral zone? How do you think that tells me about your character? Captain's log, stardate 3541.9. Program complete. Enter when ready. Well, I think it's because every bugger who used to send us emails is now a member of the family and they don't bother anymore. Fair enough. Everyone who sends us about more than five emails, Wayne gets them to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Mr. Bumblebum. Mr. Bumblebum. Paul. Sorry. We often do that. We stitch up each other. We, we, write, we write dirty things in, in the show notes. Oh, yeah, do you? It's the first time we yeah, ever t- t- actually caught Wayne you... out, wasn't Yeah. <laughs> What? We do. We would write things in the show notes and we put people off. We try and like get the other person to read things and we'd put the other person off by writing rude words and trying to get the person to... But like uh, they'll be halfway through an email, reading through somebody's email, and we'll just try sticking like dick. And so, <laughs> so yes, I'm like, we were really enjoying eating dick. Yeah. Uh, uh, and <laughs> like then I've just written big dick in there, which you can see. Oh, well, I could put lots of things on it there at the moment as I'm reading my lovely books again. <laughs> she's reading The Mummy Porn. She's going through the Fifty Shades of Grey um, trilogy again because I, I bought Kirsty a Kindle for Christmas, so she's going oh, through those dear. again. Oh, it is. Do you think we could take that one off? I'm not going to say it because the kids are in the room. Can you take that one off, please? Yeah. <laughs> Thank All you right. very much. <laughs> what <did> you <laughs> oh, can I you put... not see it? Is it just my, me? No, no, you would have seen that, but Big Dick. Oh, <laughs> no, no, someone's just... built that upstairs. Yeah. You... I've just put a spanking. Do you want me to say something now? <laughs> I haven't got anything witty to say. No? I have to cut right. that bit off. <laughs> no, no, it's all, right. it's all right. I can cut it. I can cut it. Okay. <laughs>
You do do a lot of talking, don't you? I thought he was going to wait for me, even me or Paul to, to answer. Well, because I know mine specifically, and I know you, Kirsty, weren't sure, so I was, go- I was going to introduce my story first. Thank oh. you, dear. <laughs> I'm um, glad you're glad you brought your wife on here, aren't you? Yes, exactly. You do a lot of talking, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do. Yeah, but I oh, know. I, oh, God. Did, did did Mark tell you what T-shirt he bought for Christmas? Yeah, yeah he tweeted the picture, and then as soon as I saw it, I brought it. Oh, my God. I was just going to ask you. I bet, I bet my, on my life that you... Oh, goodness me. Yeah, and you're just not ashamed it, of it either. That's the funny thing. No, we're it? proud thought, of it. I thought I wore it straight down the pub. <laughs> no, we're proud of it. We're it's that you pulled that night, did you, Paul? Well, I'm not being funny, but you know, as I walked in there, and that's like, oh, nice T-shirt. I was like, yeah, you know. Yeah, you know it's a nice T-shirt. No, it's, it's geek pride, because... Uh, it's the in thing at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. As I said to Kirsty. I know Mark was, said that no, to me yesterday. Because you, like, you really okay. like, we've been watching a lot of the Big Bang Theory recently. Oh, I love we, that. I, I love, love that. it too. And I was saying to Kirsty, Geek Chic is the, is, is the in thing. And a few weeks ago, when um, on the previously in the Alpha Quadrant show, they were talking about people at Star Trek London being in uniform. And they, they mentioned me specifically because I was so proud in my yes, uniform. They did, yeah. Of yeah. They did. And they said, you know, if Mark was gay, he'd be the one at the front of the uh, <laughs> front of the gay parade, carrying a rainbow flag, shouting "Ooh!" Because I was just so. <laughs> I don't even know why you're proud about that. <laughs> I'm proud of my uniform. I looked awesome in my uniform. And you wore, Kirsty, you wore a uniform as well to start it. You look, you you look fantastic. It, it was all for you, baby. Yeah, well, I heard about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was joking. What was that naughty little laugh? <laughs> Well, as Adam, Adam said to us, uh, he said to me one night uh, on the Saturday night, he said he whispered to me and says, "Are you going to have some dirty Star Trek sex oh, for tonight?" God's sake. <laughs> no, no, you're going to have to cut this, Mark, because I'm going to sound like a right twat. But um, 